I'm still on tour. August 8th through 11th, Dayton. 15th through 17th, Seattle. 23rd through 25th, Richmond. Today's guest from the hit show on FX, totally biased, W. Kamau Bell. Go to BurtBurtBurt.com. Get a shirt. This is The BurtCast. I think we're recording. That sounds good. All right. Let's see. Yeah, I think this sounds perfect. My mic out. This fucking my setup sucks dick. Yeah. I wish I was better. I wish I was better suited at this. But I, and I would love to get a fucking assistant to do it. But quite honestly, then I think you lose the intimacy if there was some dude sitting in the back. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but you can get an assistant to set it up and disappear. No, because it's it's the middle of the fucking recording where it just shits out, oh, okay. and everyone's like, "How come he's not talking in the mic?" And oh, you're like, yeah, "Motherfucker!" Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in the man cave, W. I'm going to say it slowly because I fucked it up. I learned, did it right the first time when we yeah. did Benson's podcast, yes. but I slowly fucked it up. That's all right. Kamau? Yeah, I mean, you oversold it a little bit, but that's good. <laughs> you, just, you, put a little, you put a little extra spin on it. <laughs> I, turned it I turned it into Hawaiian. Yeah, Kamau. Kamau. Just, just, just Kamau. Just throw it Kamau. away. Kamau. Kamau. Yeah. Kamau Bell. Yeah, there you go. W, there you, go. you are someone I've wanted to talk to for so long. I, yeah, I mean, I'm fascinated by that because I wasn't sure. <laughs> So uh, let I'm me give you my back. This is what blew me away. We're the same age. Yes. That you seem so much younger than me. You seem so much more um, not. Uh, I'm trying to say this without insulting myself horribly. You seem so much not more a part of the system. Oh, well, that's a choice. That's a, uh, you know, I mean, you got a lot of miles on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without insulting you, I think you've, you've professionally have a lot of miles on you. I've, yeah, I've, uh, I've, been, I've been in the system since my, like, literally six months in doing yeah, stand up. The system refused to take me, so I sort of at some point refused to keep fighting the system. So. Well, your, your, your trajectory was such that it was like you were doing um, shows in San Francisco and in mm-hmm. the East Village, and it was like, it was <clears throat> produced, it was shows that you produced yourself and, Absolutely. That, and that you were the creative. Entirely behind, and I think I was some one of those people who just got into calling my avails. Well, yeah, I just, I, it just never worked for me that way. It's not that I, would, I didn't try to do that to some extent. I mean, I certainly didn't hit the road hard like some... I mean, I feel like there's... When comics start doing comedy, you can sort of see people are like, I'm going to the road as soon as possible. Yeah. And then some people are like, I'm going to try to figure out my thing. And, uh, and then there's some who just don't do either, and they sort of fall in the middle. And I sort of... I mean, believe me, I tried to... I've been on the road. I mean, Robert Hawkins. You know Robert Hawkins? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I uh, implored Mark Marin to get him on his podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Robert's one of my favorite comedians, and he's taking me out on the road. And- See, Robert's someone that is is strictly a road is a road favorite. Mm-hmm. If you are a road comic, you love Robert Hawkins, and if you don't do the road, you don't even know who he is. Well, no, it's funny. I always feel like audiences should have to watch him twice in a row. Yeah. Because I feel like you have to, the first time you're like, ah, it's funny, but it's like the second time that you're like, oh, he's doing different things. Yeah. That tag is, you know, like, I feel like he's like, it's like watching a jazz guy play two sets is what I feel like. I feel like, I feel like stand up should be jazz, personally. I don't like, I don't like getting into a rote material. I don't have a set list. I'm sure I've told this at one point. Patrice was a huge influence of mine. Yeah. And Patrice. One time we were going to Scotland and I had a set list and Patrice ripped it up in front of me. He's like, he's like, I don't ever want to see you go to a fucking piece of paper. He's like, that's not the way stand up. So like, and that's not the way New York stand up is done. I, yeah. I, or to, to some extent, I think there are people that do it. Well, no, I think things have changed. I mean, the alt scene has sort of opened up New York in a big. So I think some people do it differently. You know. But yeah. So what fascinated me was that what, what mostly in part is I like your show on FX. 
and I had some sort of kinship to that because I started on FX. I know, I know. And uh, I think a lot of the same people are still there probably. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's funny. I actually – a guy who's writing on the show, Dwayne Kennedy, uh, who's a sort of uh, the, the Robert Hawkins of Chicago uh, – Writes on my show and wrote on Orlando Jones's FX late night talk show. So there's this really? weird, and so there's this weird sort of like I went, visited him on the set of Orlando Jones's show trying to get a job years ago, and then ended up back at FX like with the sh- with the sh- not the same show at all, yeah. totally different show. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you and the Seven Up guy? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I wasn't even trying to get a late night talk show, so that's the very beginning of it. Like. I wasn't trying to do that at all, so I just sort of was like, they were like, it's a late night talk show. I'm like, it is? All right, whatever you guys say. The, um, no, um, so here's, like, so that's one of the reasons, and the other is, especially when you said that we were of the same age, I grew, I love what your show talks about. I'm fascinated by race. I'm, I'm, for for a- I got that impression. For the first, yeah, you have no idea. For the first, uh, for the first, you know- solid like eight years of my career maybe 10 mm-hmm. i mean that was like my go-to like i loved talking about on stage yeah. it was volatile it had like a sense of energy the second you brought it up it was mm-hmm. like everyone's on pins and needles and if you could bring people together and make everyone laugh at the same thing then i always felt you accomplished something you got a dialogue opened you opened <clears throat> you know and, and there's no better feeling and, and this is and i and and this is i think some sort of uh white uh, guilt relief feeling, <laughs> but when an old black man tells you he likes what you're doing, yeah. you feel like you've done it better. Yeah, 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 there's there's some sort of approval that old black women and old white old black men. That's funny. Mine is with old black women. Really? Uh, yeah. Old old black women and white lesbians. I feel like if a white lesbian says <laughs> white lesbians are in your corner to start. No, but they're very crit. I mean, I had I've, I mean I, I I they can also be totally against you too. They're, I mean, they're in my corner now because I've sort of built the corner. What, <laughs> like, but, what you should be looking for is dudes with goatees wearing fraternity hats. Well, when that's they next, get you. <laughs> that's my next. You know, but let's you know let's not let's not aim too fast too quickly. But uh, <laughs> go, yeah, I don't yeah. want to get to the. No, no, oh. I got If you don't get those guys, you don't have a career in Hollywood. So eventually. You got to get those guys. I but, think those know. guys will get you. Like especially that shit you did with Norton and that girl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was one. That was I would say that was your that was your. Tr- I, and I, I look, I know you already, you already you'd already been picked up, I think, but that was a really big fucking deal. Well, yeah, I mean, but the, I was I'm happy you said that 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 you know it's funny. There's a lot of ideas in the show that I'm happy about, but that was an idea that I had that you know it's funny to have to pitch on your own show, but you do uh, that I pitched and like was very clear about what I wanted and and. Once I knew we were doing it, those were the two people. Those were the only two people I wanted. Was Lindy West and Jim because I knew that she was going to be. She's a feminist blogger, but she's also funny enough to not just get like you're wrong, you're wrong. Yeah. And I knew Norton is a comic, but he's not going to be like you're a bitch, you're a bitch. Yeah. Like, you know, Norton, so was, just, Norton was the perfect pitch. Yes. Because he is first of all he's smart as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's smarter than. I mean, he, it's. Sounds like Damien with faint praise, but he's smarter than people realize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird it's a weird compliment, but he is smarter than you realize, and yeah. and he definitely knows how to um, kind of weave an argument yeah. that's knowledgeable. But and he'll never back down. He'll never back down from a fight. Well, no, and he also. I mean, I was really I was expecting the audience to be on Lindy's side, but he actually he got them to applaud a couple times on things he said, and I was like, I wasn't. Not that I was expecting that, but I didn't know that they would, that the audience were totally biased would ever admit that they agreed with him. You know, just the yeah. face of the argument. What's, yeah, and it's 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 the one thing that I always that um, that I always feel like I, I get really frustrated watching real time. 
Oh yeah, is that it's like it's like I, I would love just a little bit of a di- diversity in the audience, but you're not going to get that. Well, no, I mean, not it, not as when you're as big as though, like when you're like when yeah. you're as big as those dudes. I mean, that's kind of the goal is to not have a diversity and, in the audience, and but. and no one and who's going to start cheering for rape? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, especially not in, our, not in our audience. It's yeah. very, very, it's very female. Our audience, <laughs> really? So, yeah, yeah. Even our even the at home audiences, we get more women watching than a lot of the late night shows. Now we don't have a huge audience, but by percentage, we get more women. Than so now, when would you say your um, your view? Because be I feel like we have to say what that thing was because it ain't you know it ain't the Daily Show, but uh, you know it was a Jim Norton and oh, did I not even explain it? No, 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 Oh, motherfucker! <laughs> See, I told you I'm a bad host. Uh, that's all right. I, this is this is why you have a hosting show and I don't. Well, no, this is what I've learned to do. Hey, you have to. This is what Chris Rock has yelled at me a lot about. Uh, but no, you have. I just feel like I feel I was taking it as a compliment. Oh, you're expecting that everyone would know, but no. Uh, I, I really did. Yeah. Expect that everyone would know because it kind of went viral. It did. It was the biggest. It was the most attention we got for anything by far. It, it was. was uh, so what? What you did is you had Jim and Lindy West argue the point of rape jokes, and Jim wasn't necessarily. Although Lindy was completely anti-rape jokes. No, 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 no. She was, she was on the fence was, a little bit. No, she was like, she just basically, I mean, the thing she said that I think, not to defend her point, is that you're allowed to make your rape jokes, I'm allowed to call you a dick. And Jim was saying, but you're not, I don't want you to take my job. Yeah, and, he, and I think it's funny, they actually agreed, they had a lot more commonality than people expected. Yeah. But the funny thing was, is that really, the discussion revealed itself to be necessary afterwards when she got a torrent of hate. From like you know, I mean, people not even necessarily just fans of gyms, but just dudes on the internet who like to be hateful. That's yeah. what the internet is. It's a yeah. bunch of it's a bunch of coward snipers. Yes, <laughs> just really picking off targets. Anonymous cowards. And yeah, and it's yeah. and it's I, it's got to feel good. I want to start a <laughs> troll account just to th- say all the things I think I to other comics. Yeah, just fuck. <laughs> I would love to troll dudes 19. that are selling more tickets than me and just yeah. get them watch them lose their mind and go. Well, Lee, he might have a sold out show in Des Moines, but at least he won't have a wrestles afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know that gets to us. Oh, dude, it, I still I respond, like I just got one yesterday on my Facebook fan page. Some guy just like. It was just like you suck and you're blah, blah 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 blah, and I just responded, "Why are you so mean?" Yeah, like I just feel like that there's a like really. I'm asked, "Why do you feel like you have to be so?" Sometimes mean? if yeah. you engage them in a way of going like, "Hey man, I feel the same shit about me." Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, I've done that a lot. I'm like, some guy was like, "Your show sucks," and I was like, "Look, man, I signed a contract." I have to finish the contract. I understand where you're coming from. He's like, well, you got to make your money. I understand. Fuck. (laughs) Fucking people make me crazy. So, but so, and then what happened with that was you guys argued the topic for rape jokes, which in the comedy community, and I would say, what's odd, I would say fans of comedy, but I don't think fans of comedy really are the ones that are arguing the other side. I think it's fans of. It's feminists mostly. Well, but I think it's feminists like, and Jamie Kilstein. <laughs> Poor Jamie Kilstein. Jamie Kilstein seems to have really he stepped on a grenade. Hey, I, I it's that weird thing, and I, 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 I don't know, I don't know why it all centered on him, but I talked to him about it, and he was like, you know, he was certainly like, what the hell just happened? It was it was it was I, I think it's solidarity, and I think comics feel like comics should support comics That's, no matter I think what. That thin blue line, that thing, with, is what also screws up the cops. Like I just feel like. like <laughs> We don't want the cops to all stand behind that thin blue line. Why does comedy feel like we got to stand behind oh, that? I, mean, I defend what a fucking every- great analogy. <laughs> like, oh. like, it's like why, we don't. I don't. I mean, I, 
I certainly, like Lindy, would say this too. I defend every comic's right to say whatever they want to say. Yeah. I also don't think we have to agree with what each one of us says. Right, right. Because that's the whole point. Yeah, but it's like, it's the same thing that happened to TJ Miller. And and this is something that I stepped on accidentally and I offended TJ. And I, and I, and TJ's a, a, I would consider a friend. Him and Pete. I consider friends. Yes. Um, although we don't party or anything, I when I see them, I like to be polite, and they yes. like to be polite. That's the way it should work. <laughs> I like how you could. I'm polite to them, so they're my friends. Yeah. Yes. Like, is it, I, but you know, and I wish yeah, them yeah. well in their careers. So, yeah. like, and I wouldn't say anything bad. But he tweeted about Dane's act. Yes. And yeah. Dane's act, may, I wasn't there, but you once you do that, you open up the hate police on you because now everyone, every comic will be like, they don't want to perform in front of you. Yeah. They don't want to. They that, don't want to. The thing I do. Yeah. I. Yeah, I would, that's the thing. And actually, it's funny. We talked about Chris Rock, who produces the show, talks a lot about that. Like, you can have this argument, but you don't want to ever look like you're picking on. If you're gonna, why well, give it this? If I pick on a comic, I have to be understanding that now I'm sort of declaring war. Like, right. You know, like yeah. Why do I really want to declare war on one comic? And, I yeah. don't, and that's the thing I sort of ask. Like, that's I'm not interested in doing that. And like, here's the other thing. I mean, look at the look at some of the greatest jokes ever told. And I'll use. And by the way, you cannot name drop Chris Chris Rock enough on this podcast. <laughs> he is he is one of my he is one of the few benchmarks. In my life, where I went, not benchmarks, uh, channel markers, where I was like, I was like that. I saw his that bring the pain, yeah, yeah. and I went, oh shit, this is uh, that's I want to do this. I and, described that was my moon landing. Like the way people yeah. describe the moon landing is the way when I saw bring the pain, I was like, I didn't know you could do that. But he, but he, he. I mean, if if anyone had been in the early stages, from what I understand of his black people versus n words uh, oh, debate, yeah, yeah, yeah. if anyone had been and and anyone listening, don't say, oh, Bert's a coward. He won't say the n word. I don't say it. Okay, I don't even <laughs> sing it anymore. So don't ever fucking think People's that it's going to come out of my guy. mouth. There's a, you know, I just <laughs> listened to you and Jimmy Schubert, and you dropped it several times. <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> Never once. I, what was? There's a great. Uh, I was. I wish I could remember that comic's name, but there's a great joke someone just told me of some comics. Um, Ryan Stout says, "I don't oh, even right. say vinegar." Oh yeah, I know, I've known Ryan since he started. He's, he's a funny, funny guy. I, I've yeah. just bought his album because of that one joke. I was like, "Fuck, I like that joke." I'll buy his album. Yeah, no, he's bought it in the airport. So, um, but that joke had you been there in the early stages and you've been um political and seen that in a, yeah. and it wasn't working that's what sure. i understood yeah. that joke wasn't working no because it's i mean you have to really that's the thing chris does you have to really walk a very fine line because without it and i find this in my act and i'm nowhere i'm not comparing myself to chris that if i don't take the right tone sometimes it just sounds like a poorly put together speech like you have yes. to take the right tone for yes. it to be comedy otherwise it just sounds like Man, Cornell West has lost a step. It just doesn't sound Fucking, like an intelligent. Yeah, you know. I, I I know exactly what you mean. But that's and I think that's. And what I remember saying about George Carlin that when you, when George Carlin was working on an hour, he started from just crap, just like you know, like and that's and that's talking about abortion, and it's just yeah. Like, what the hell is I heard people go see him in Vegas and be like, this was not funny at all. And then a year later, yeah. it, like, you know, he's like rhyming and you know, like doing backspins. And, and if you know. get and if you get that one seed of the one thing that works, and then you can get rid of all the other stuff that yeah. was making people uncomfortable, then you got the seed, and then you can take the seed and you can turn the seed into a flower, yeah. and then hopefully it turns into a big bushel and you yeah. got this great bit. And I think and I and I and I say and you know, and I like Jamie and and I and I like uh and I like TJ and I like all these guys, but I think what happens with comics in that thin blue line is that we feel like you should know what it's like to start with oh, yeah. something that doesn't work. And if you don't, then you're not taking enough chances in your act because yes. you have to take chances. And I will stand by any comic that takes chances, even if I dislike what they say. And, 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 I'll, and I, there's a lot of times where I've heard a bit where I go, I don't like the fucking energy of that. But what I do like is the fact that they're taking a fucking chance. Well, it's funny. Uh, uh, um, Sean Rouse. Yeah. Sean Rouse. 
Yeah, like uh, before you start, I'll, I'll just state yeah. my opinion. One of the greatest fucking comics. Yeah, like and just really talk about a guy who takes chances. And literally, one of his bits got me and my wife in a fight <laughs> because my after wife the show, hated him. I went up to him and was like, "That the fact that you did that bit is amazing," and I was really impressed. And she's like, "How could you?" Say that you liked that because it was horrible. It was yeah. horrible. Was it the one about the Thai kids chained to the ground? No, it was. That's about- the one I thought was funny. And my wife was like, "The fact that you're laughing at that makes me question everything about you." Exactly. Yeah. No, we we had the, it was it was about actually I can't remember what the bit was, uh, but it was a, it was a Kobe Bryant uh, rape joke. Yeah, ra- yeah. Uh, Daniel Tosh had one of the best ones ever. Yeah. And he's like, if I was his defense attorney, I'd just throw it in the highlight reel and go, "Ladies and gentlemen, the jury, it's one white chick a year." <laughs> He's so good at basketball, he should be allowed to rape women. I'm <laughs> quoting Tosh. Yeah, Tosh. I didn't write it, but I heard it, and yeah, I yeah. laughed. Yeah, and I'm laughing, and I'm like, now I feel, uh-oh, now I'm in trouble. No, yeah. it's just, there's just that thing about, especially when you are a comic, you're like, the craft is a big part of it, and you're like, I'm really impressed with the craft thing. Right. I would never, if I thought of that, I wouldn't have said it. Sean Rouse, married yeah. to a black chick. Yeah. Did yeah. you know that when you, no, I no, did no, not no, see no. that coming. No, no, I, I kind of always see that coming. Uh, really? <laughs> With Sean Rouse? Well, I mean, I, or let me this: I'm never, I'm never totally surprised, you know. Because uh, I, I, I guess you're right. You, it's, you, you, never, you can never be surprised because I guess what do you expect? Eminem? Yeah. Like, yeah, is that yeah, what yeah. you're? Yeah. You yeah, know, that's, and that's what I'm saying. There's always that thing. Like, I got over being surprised a long time ago. <laughs> like yeah. About, about about that, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, as a guy, as a black guy who's married to a white woman, it's like that's just not an area. That I'm like, what? How could anybody? Because yeah, people I guess. would do that with me. How could you be married to a? Because I'm a person. Yeah, and you fall in love. <laughs> a, it's, you like, it's like it's uh, like, and I. This was like when when I first started. I, I grew up. I'll backtrack for a second, only to establish base camp, and then tell you to the, to the, this part. So I grew up like uh, in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would I would. Venture to say Florida's a fairly racist place. And, and, well, I think and proven so recently. Well, oh, yeah. I, the Trayvon Martin thing—that's more of like a. I don't. I never saw that. I'm not even going to fucking talk about it. That's the sad part about where we're at today. As a white guy, you just go. I'm not. I haven't really thought this opinion out, so I don't want to share it because well, I could get can, fired we can talk for a, about it. Yeah, we can talk like, about it. but um, like, and and I say this because you're here, and I think I can fucking talk candidly to any any comic no comic ever judges but like i think mostly and i was talking to some more about this the other night mostly that's like a gun thing that's like because uh, george zimmerman's peruvian you know and trayvon martin was black and yes did he profile him i'm sure i'm certain he did yeah and and and, and a lot of people profile and and i guarantee you trayvon martin and this is my defense in that in a child's point of view is He's, a, he's 17 years old. He's becoming a man. And that's right when that shit starts happening where you get profiled a lot. And he'd probably been profiled before. And here he is going, I'm doing fucking nothing. It's got to be aggravating. I know for a fact that mm-hmm. when gay waiters see me, they see a meathead. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ugh. And I get a little attitude. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm a fucking open-minded dude. Like, open, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, fucking treat me like everyone else. But they let you leave the restaurant, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, that, <laughs> yeah. that's only my argument is that, is that it, guns, you can't... Saying it's a gun thing, gun things hardly seldom work out for black men. <laughs> like, you know, like, that is a statistic that they brought up that, yeah, that like was just, a little astounding. There's seldom a situation where guns and black men are involved where it's like, oh, well, thank God a black guy was there. That solved it and there nobody got hurt. Like, yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that I've been 17. I've been profiled. I've been in a situation where you're like, is this dude crazy? Like, you know, like yeah. where you have to justify your existence as someone you have no reason to have to justify. I mean, that happens to me now sometimes, too. Yeah. Where you have to be like, why am I having to explain to you yeah. who I am? To, and, and certainly 17. But I think there's, 
There's no reason that what happened should have led to a dead kid. That's all. That's my whole point. Uh, yeah. And, I, as, and as a black person, I'll say this. And this is I've talked about this on stage a lot ever since the Trayvon case. And this is what I would say to you when you talk about that as a black person, whenever a white person says that's not racist, it just, it starts to make black people go crazy. Really? Yes. Because it's a little bit – because – and this is what I said in my act. It's a little bit like a dog saying rainbow. I don't see a rainbow. You know, it's this thing where it's like, well, you're not looking in the same way that I'm looking. You're not paying attention oh, okay. to the same. Now, I'm not saying I'm always right about racism. Yeah. I'm not saying you're never right that it's not racism. But I'm saying that when you, that as a black person, when you hear a white person tell you something that you experience as racism, not racism, it's like you just go red and you're like, because, I... because I spent. I was a black guy in a car that I pulled up here. Yeah. Your wife comes out. I'm very aware that this white woman's walking toward the car, and I'm like, okay, maybe this is Bert's wife, or maybe we pulled up in the wrong place. Hi, oh, man. <laughs> like, you yeah. Know, like, just go through the house. Oh, there's two little girls in here. Hi. Like, I'm aware of the fact that, like, I don't. I haven't seen you yet. Yes. I don't know where I'm at. And if this goes wrong, a black guy stormed that, into a house. That that, that, that I may, that maybe I didn't, and I didn't even realize this. I didn't tell anyone you were black. Exactly. I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> And I, and I didn't even realize this until right now. I didn't, I don't, you're the first black person Priscilla's ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's never met a black so, person. A big, huge dog. Hey, dog. Like, there's just that. Which, I, which, by the way, she really took nicely to you. Like, like she liked you. It's not my first time I've been around a big dog. Uh, no, no, but she has the first time she's been around a black person. That could have gone wrong. Yeah, no, it, Dogs yeah. don't have open minds. <laughs> it's gone wrong in history. It's uh, gone wrong. So, like, I would just say, like, you know, like right now, I'm staying at the... Beverly Hilton Hotel and big nappy afro dude walking through, not dressed with the right stuff. And I'm very aware that every time I go through, I better remember my room number, better have my key in my pocket. I better, you know what I mean? Like, there's just a sense of like having to be aware. It's, it's of- the thing I heard Chris Rock say, and it was like, and it was the most genius thing that I'd ever heard in very, very uh, plain terms. He said, um, it's not when, when he went to SNL, it wasn't that they were racist, it was just they had a different shorthand. Yes. He's like, they knew how to talk to each other. And when I go to a hotel, being a white dude who has, you know, yeah. is wearing like an expensive watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that when I put, when I say, hey, uh, and I'm, yeah, I can be with my underwear. Yeah. I go, hey, <laughs> I don't feel like Sam Cooke in my underwear at the front. Someone took my keys. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I just yeah. walk up in my underwear and I go, hey, I need a new room key. And if they give me attitude, I know the shorthand yeah. to shut that down. Well, you know, and it's funny because I talk about this on stage too about me and my wife do this thing where I call trading privileges. Where I'm like, oh, we need a new room key. White lady, you go in and handle that. Yeah. Like, that's that's a white lady thing. Yeah, Getting that's interesting when black when white people do because so, I, I have said I've never said it's things aren't racist, but I have said uh, I don't know about that one. Well, see, and I, I think it's you. Just, I, it's fine that you have that opinion and you can say it out loud, but you can't think that you can trump a black person's opinion on that. Because yeah, because will, yeah. that will drive us crazy. <laughs> it's it's it like when like, you to put it on a very micro level, it'd be like me telling you about your kids. Yeah, you know, like, like, like that. May, that's a really great example. It's like someone. It's like someone who doesn't have kids explaining yeah. parenting to a person with kids. Because yeah, we all have. We all. I'm a parent. You've had that moment where somebody who's not a parent goes, "Well, look, here's what I would do. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, is what you should do. It's because racism does not, and despite what anyone may argue, does not apply to white people. You can it call mean, me. It doesn't mean that white people don't experience racism. It's just that. As every white, I've talked to a lot of white people in my life. I got white people in my family now. White people don't think about their whiteness every day, twenty four hours a day. Now, not every black person does, but more black people do than way more by percentage than white people do. More often is your skin color brought to the top, brought brought up subtly than it isn't. Or it's even the worst. It may not be brought up at all, but doesn't mean I'm not thinking about it. 
Yeah. Your wife was I don't know that your wife's thing about a black guy. She's very I, racist. <laughs> well, I got that. Impression. She grew up in a really small town in the South. She is not racist. Well, I heard, believe me, I caught the Southern accent. I was like, oh, well, here, okay. Let me stand a little taller. Let me say ma'am a few times. You know, but it's just like, I know getting out of the car, black dude, not oh, come. Like, I just like, I'm black. <laughs> like, I'm black. I'm all, maybe I'm a comedian to her, but I don't know her yet. I'm black. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I think about it all the time, and it means that how I act in the world, you know, is effect, I, how I act in the world is affected by the fact that I know that the world perceives me as being black. Yeah. And it's funny because now that I have the show, people on the street will some, sometimes look at me like, hey, and I'm not sure sometimes, are they staring at me because I have the show or is this because I'm black? Because <laughs> like, I've yeah. had that stare a lot in my life. Yeah. Now, I'm not, believe me, I'm not, don't cry, I'm not, don't cry for me. I'm not trying to put, I've, you know, I'm living a good life, whatever. I, as I say on stage a lot, like, you know, I know that my worst day of racism is better than the best day of being a slave. Like, I get that this is not, <laughs> that I'm not trying to complain about, but I also know that, like, in the wrong situation, I could be Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Like, I could be walking down the street, I could be profiled, I could say the wrong thing, and then they call my mom, well, he's dead. What happened? Nothing. <laughs> he's yeah. just dead. <laughs> like, it's just like, ah, well, you know. It's it's that that whole Trayvon Martin thing brought up a really it brought up a really interesting dialogue that I, I that I believe is a little one sided and I think mostly because anyone that's white is terrified to have it yes and I think that's the unless saddest. it's on the internet and you're anonymous and it's on Twitter that's what sucks dick yeah. it's like stand by your fucking statements yeah. I, I it wasn't until I got a lot older that I realized I need to really think something out before I say it out loud yeah like and that came with like that came with like everything yeah. um, to get back to the point I was saying earlier I didn't realize love was love you can't choose who you love at all and I realized that when I moved in to um, New York and I live with two lesbians and I realized oh shit they love each other just like fucking straight people that annoying like does baby want eggs yeah. that happens <laughs> you can't pick that and it's just annoying it's just love it's not a hot wet yeah, love with yeah. candles and no, smacking yeah. and, and they poppers. get tired of each other just like straight people fuck yeah clean up the bathroom it's, it's really fascinating that blew me away but like I said I grew up in Florida and it was more I would say and I, I say this for everyone living in Florida and I have a lot of listeners in fo- Florida but I, I I would say that racism was there, and I don't think we understood it was racism until, like, maybe the 90s. Yes, yes. Like, and, I, and I say that candidly. We had a class. This is mind-blowing to say this. And, 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 and I know everyone's memories are, or, or kind of uh, perceptions are tainted by, painted by the brush they remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I'm my freshman year in, high school, in college at Florida State, there, were n- there was a black floor. And then there was like, oh, yeah. then there was like eight white floors. Yes. But all the black dudes lived on one floor. My buddy Miles Mosley got put on that floor because his name was Miles Mosley. <laughs> he's a white dude, and 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 because of that, his his, and I don't know if it was before then or, but all his friends are black. Yeah, yeah. To this day, he's one of my best friends. Yeah. I see him when every time I'm in Atlanta. But he also right now he's dating a black chick, and he's always hung around. All the football players lived on that floor. Yes. So what happened was we were in a white English class and there was a black English class. Um, I'm not, not certain why there was a black one, but Miles <laughs> you don't was, mean You don't mean like an Ebonics class. You just mean, I mean an English class filled with black people. It was One class was black people and one, this is summer school, one class was all white people and Miles was in the black English class because of his name. They profiled Miles <laughs> Mosley. How fucking weird is that? Anyway, right after the, I want to say it was, I want to say it was the Rodney King. Maybe this is ninety one. Was that when that happened? Uh, yeah, ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, right after the Rodney King thing happened, or maybe OJ. But right around, no, it was, that wasn't OJ. It was definitely, I think, it was Rodney King. Yeah, 92. they brought both classes together to talk about race. They brought both classes. 
And now, mind you, all these black dudes are all on the football team. They are all 6'7", yes. 250. They're all yeah. m- massive men. Yeah. And then you have just a bunch of white, what would end up to be frat dudes, yeah. talking about race. And we were coming from the point like, like I don't know why you guys are so upset. Yeah, and these are all buddy. kids that grew up in Liberty City in Miami. Yeah. And I remember them. I, it was... Like, holy shit, there is so much more of a dialogue to be had. Yeah. And fucking the easiest thing when black people get upset, black people vocalize very differently. You know Red Grant and Donnell Rollins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took me into Compton to go play golf one time. And and we we went to a jack-in-the-box, and I was terrified just ordering. I was like, (laughs) why is she fucking yelling at me? And they're like, that's how we communicate. And I was like, this is fucking scary as shit. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, this is Wednesday. This is not a big deal. But the the, the conversation and, and... the white people are just terrified to have it. Well, yeah, and I think that the problem is that because we, and the reason a lot of the terror, in my opinion, comes in is because we only have it after something bad happens. Like, yeah. why don't they have that race discussion? Like, I feel like when you go to college, there should be like math, English class, race in America. Like, yeah. That's if we're going to, because after you leave college, that's going to be a part of your life. So why do we have to wait until, uh oh, shit just went bad for somebody somewhere? We better talk about racism. And yeah. that's when everybody's at their highest, most fraught point. You know what I mean? Like right now with the Trayvon thing. And, you know, the people are the most like, Argh! yeah. And it's hard to have a conversation that way, especially when one half is like, you know. And I, I, don't, I don't begrudge somebody having that opinion. But when s- the problem is, is that people feel like their opinions – I'll say white people sometimes feel like, oh, this is my opinion. This is what I think. Yeah. Yeah, but your opinion isn't informed by a life of having to think about it. Your opinion's just formed on what you saw on yeah, TV. Yeah, you, and- you I watched that thing. I thought about race for 10 minutes today. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like, you know, like the way I think about it is like when you're black, when you're a person of color in this country, every day you're in a racism class. Every day. Yeah. It's like a PhD level racism class. And white people are in that class, but they don't go every day. You know they don't. They're just auditing. <laughs> they're not. They're not in the class. Every, so when they show up in the class, they go, "I got the answer." And it's like, "Dude, I'm here every day." Yeah. And you just strolled in, and you think you have the thing. You know, you don't no. have the syllabus. You're not carrying the textbook. And so I think that that's becomes frustrating for the rest of us to be like, "Look, you can have your opinion, but don't act like my opinion is not informed by more than your opinion is." In the same way with like women and sexism. Like I think that women experience sexism. Think about their womanhood every day, and when a dude goes, "You know what, ladies." I don't think that it's just like what are you, you know you're not in that class you know yeah you're 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 in the white guy class it's a class. it's a pretty we don't we, it's a noon class <laughs> we take it on Wednesdays <laughs> and to be quite honest it's a just check your attendance <laughs> check your, there's no you, test it's really no being a white guy is is I, like I really wish you could just do one like a couple days yeah I, you'd really like it no I, I've, I've you know I've been around a lot of white guys and uh, I've I've studied it from afar and I'm like I can see I and leave it this way I don't want to I, I like being a black guy like I feel yeah. like I, I informed but yeah I wouldn't mind uh, checking it out the only thing that sucks is sunscreen that's the yeah. only thing that's really a fucking pain in the ass um, no now tell me what you think about this this is an opinion I, that I an idea that I derived at a Jay Z concert the other night. Okay, <laughs> and I and I'm sitting there as you do in a concert, and you're listening to the lyrics. You're not dancing; you're kind of moving. Yeah. And and I, as I think every comic, no matter what you do, if you go to a show, you start assessing everything. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, what responsibility does hip hop have for for profiling? I mean, you know, I I think whenever you put art in the sen- in the position of being responsible for the community, it's putting art in the position art's not supposed to be in. It's, well, it's the same thing that is that they're saying about rape culture is yeah. that these jokes the comics are making are supporting rape culture. Yeah. Well, if that's true, then you have to blame hip hop 
for well, no, I for white people profiling you can black people. Art, I think that's the point. You can go. Art isn't doing a good job of being art. You can like same thing with rape culture. The voices are allowed to criticize it, yeah. but I don't think you should hold art to be responsible for holding up the community. Like I think that's not. Artists don't generally get into art to you know. I'm as much as people want to make about me. I didn't get into comedy to sort of uphold the community or I get in the comedy to be funny this right. is how I choose to be funny that's your that's your this is what may, feels best to me in being funny but I'm listening to Jay-Z and it's like and it's like I, I listen to hip hop I also listen yeah. to like alt music and yeah. like Wolf Parade and yeah. Band of Horses but I really love hip hop I've lived yeah. hip hop since I first for, since it first came out on 2020 yeah. and, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember since, that day since, since 60 Minutes first told me about hip hop yeah I remember and I was down. like I will be learning how to break dance hmm, Mike Wallace is that called my cousins about? in Philly I was like, "Can you get me nucleus?" So, um, so find some cardboard to lay down. So, but I'm I'm listening and I'm like, you know, it perpetuates a stereotype, and it, it completely does. And it because all all Jay Z, who by the way I don't think was ever really in a gang, but he talks about selling drugs and yeah. pimping and yeah. and treating women like shit and and guns and and I'm listening, going, "There's no way that that doesn't." That you don't see that as a young man. And Patrice used to have a joke like, I like the Beatles, but you can't be a black man and enjoy the Beatles. It's hard to roll in your car like, yeah. they all live in a yellow <laughs> yeah. submarine. So like, I remember being in an airport one time and this black dude came up to me and started talking to me. And I felt like it was that thing where he was like, you're another black dude. There's not a black people around here. I'm going to talk to you. And he's like, what are you listening to? And I looked at my headphones. I was like, Pearl Jam. <laughs> like, just being like, this is not the right answer. <laughs> Because I'm that black guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm the white guy who, when I was a kid, I would girls would call my house like in like seventh, sixth grade, and I'd want to talk to them, and I would take off um, what other hip hop like I was listening to, like, like Roxanne, Roxanne. Yeah. I'd take it off and I put in um, something alternative like The Cure because <laughs> I wanted them to think that I yeah. that I was like into you. good music, and I was yeah. like, I can't let people know this is what I fucking like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a closeted hip hop fan, and then then it became cool in yeah. high school but i'm but but it is the truth and it's like my, my wife won't let my won't let me listen to hip-hop in the car she thinks it perpetuates a negative stereotype for my daughters to hear well it's, yeah i mean i think it you can't you can't i mean i think it's true of a lot of music you should, probably shouldn't let your daughters listen to cinderella or white snake either like you yeah. know, like you know. <laughs> because we don't have a tape player in my fucking car <laughs> i don't know what the cinderella or white I don't, snake I don't, I don't know what the current uh white <laughs> that might have are. been borderline racist <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'll cross that border. I don't mind being racist for the sake of making a point. But you know, I don't know what the white, I don't know what the current white uh, rock bands are that parents would be afraid of their parents listening to. Other kids like listening Seven Duster. Seven Duster. Okay, yeah, I yeah. Think. But I'm trying to Cinderella. Like all those, all those '80s hair metal bands were just like you know, pour some sugar on me. And yeah, she's my cherry pie. You know, I, I wouldn't want my daughter to listen to that. Whatever that the current version of that is, uh, or Pink. Even or even uh, you know uh, like Kesha as much as I love her. Oh, Kesha is a great yeah. Like there's a lot yeah. of music that you shouldn't let your and uh, you know it's hard because I think hip hop. A lot of the people I think hip hop has become codified as what it is. And there was a point in the early '90s where there was sort of like alt hip hop became popular for a second. Like you know like uh like, like the that horror, horror oh I thought you were talking about that horror hip hop. Oh no 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 that no fucking no. what's his name tried to get behind for a second uh, <laughs> that gore hip hop. Oh no 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 I was talking about like uh. Like uh, Arrested Development and that. Where yeah, like, like oh, Lauryn Hill. Black and that was the band that I liked. That was the first hip-hop album I bought was Arrested Development. Uh, where that, and then it suddenly, for some reason, the media, somebody was like, no, that's enough of that. And it's like rap is now really, it's mainstream rap, I would say, is really all about. Like there's lots of underground rap that's not that. But, yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I think that, like Jay-Z the other day, it's, it's this weird position. He's a 
on his way to being a billionaire at some point in his career. Yeah. Uh, he's clearly a great example of black entrepreneurism and businessman. And the other day he just had this thing where Harry Belafonte said that Jay-Z wasn't being a good example for charity. And Jay-Z said, I am charity. <laughs> like, my presence is charity. <laughs> really? <laughs> because I've done so well for myself that I put out a good example. So if I show up someplace just being Jay-Z, that's enough. I would, I'd, I'd throw in a check also, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you have a billion dollars. He probably throws in a few checks because he's so rich. He can't oh, I'm sure he has to. I'm sure he's he a guy that's – I, I bet he's giving to charity. He has no fucking clue. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure somebody's like, no, you give a lot to charity. But yeah. it's just that thing where it's like <laughs> I don't want to tell Jay-Z how to write his songs. And I do think there's an aspect of like there is an anger that comes out of, inner, that of the inner city, out of black inner city, that is like you have to sort of like – create a mystique around yourself because the reality sucks, you know? So, yeah. And I think that that's a lot of what hip hop is. It's creating a mystique. I have a lot of money. I have a lot of this. I have, no, I don't really have much, but I'm working, you know, yeah. uh, I've done a lot, I've sold a lot of drugs. And, and I think that but that, because you have to turn a negative into a positive somehow. Now there's a point at which it becomes like when that's all mainstream hip hop is, that becomes problematic because it's like, well, there's certainly other voices in hip hop. Well, there's, there's more to the black experience than yeah. just selling drugs. And like, there's a dude named Mike Eagle who I've been listening to recently who's a black dude in his mid thirties who I guess it's now called alt rap is what he's, and it's all about like, I, I'm married and I got a kid and I got to remember to get my wife. So, you know, like, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's that black experience too. Like, yeah. you know, I got to do some laundry, you know, a loaf of bread, a quarter of milk, a stick of butter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's that black experience too. It just doesn't happen to be as glamorous or as exciting as like, you it's know. not, yeah, it's not as like, like there's guys talking about, like there's uh, there's when I do my material now I feel like I talk about my daughters and it gets laughs but when I talk about the time I robbed a train in Russia everyone's yeah. like that's what I'm fucking talking yes. about and, I want yeah. that version of Burt Kreischer yeah take a shot like yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. your kids we'll sit through it but yeah, yeah, yeah. take a shot like yeah when did you decide you were gonna do, and I, I don't know that you talk exclusive about it but when did you decide that race was gonna be like when you started out doing stand up no you, when I started out I was doing whatever I was like I was like any comic I was, you started in funny. started in San Francisco no I very very briefly in Chicago. Chicago, but there was really this is before the Chicago scene built up. So I was taking classes at Second City, and then I moved to San Francisco because I was like, I need to go to a more stand-up city. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I mean, but I was just all over the map. Whatever's funny, I used to talk about race a little bit because I come from like one of those. My mom is very much like one of those black people. Oh, shut you know, up! Wait, like, <laughs> tell me, tell me about your parents. Uh, Where did you grow up? Uh, you know, all over. But I mean, it's like I was born in Palo Alto, moved to Indianapolis with my mom. Uh, then Boston for several years. Then Chicago. Parent, your dad still alive? Yeah, my dad's alive. <laughs> no, I appreciate sure the way you asked the question. Is your dad alive? <laughs> no, he was, was shot he, in a, was, uh, a crack deal. I uh, I, for the record, that was very innocuous. But I mean, I could, like it, it did sound horrible. No, no, it's, just, dad, yeah. I just, it's funny. It's, just, it's a very, it's a perfectly good question. I just realized nobody ever asked me that question before. Is your dad alive? <laughs> so they split up. No, they split up. I mean, they were never married, so they were very. Uh, okay. the, and so they. They split up, and my mom just liked to move a lot, and like to. She was one of those black people. The joke, like, she was like, hmm, "I've had enough of this," and so she would move, and she moved to Chicago, and, and then I went to Alabama with, with my dad, and and uh, used to visit him every summer in Alabama, and then ended up back in Chicago, then basically Philadelphia for college very briefly, and then moved to San Francisco. Really? Yeah. So I've lived. I mean, I went to high school in Chicago. Is the easy answer. Wow. So yeah. then you started in Chicago, then moved out to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking about whatever. But my mom is like, you know, like she was, you know, 
Was she like wearing wearing like the like the hat with that matched the dress and stuff? <laughs> she, was, she was dashikis yeah. and, and almost a black Muslim, like you know, in the point where black people were like, "Oh, we all like the Malcolm X period of black Muslim." Yeah. But she was like, she didn't like how they treated women. So uh, I found that out only a few years ago. I was like, "You were a black Muslim." Uh, uh, so she, you know, very much like the the independent. I'll do it myself. Like published textbooks in the 80s self-published books of how to uh, famous black quotations because there was no books of famous black quotations and i mean you know the kind of person she'd go like when i would go to a new school she'd be like do you teach black history here they'd be like nope she'd be like you do now you're doing it on thursday and she'd come in with a slide projector see and- there's a there's a there's a there and, and and i think this applies to everyone and i think some people think all profiling is bad there's a profile i just gave your mom in my head yeah. i've already drawn a picture of a woman yeah. that i'm like I, and and, and t- i'll just go through all the things that yeah. just in what you said i go all the things she, it seems like i she seems like the kind of person that knows how to fucking cook amazing <laughs> <laughs> no Are you serious oh shut the that's fuck so up funny. That's, i'm laughing because she'd be laughing when she listens to this as she listens to all my podcasts she'll start laughing very hard she's, she's not I, a bad cook but she's not she's not the like mm-hmm, give me a pig's foot and some rubber and i'll make you a you know no she's not like she's not that black lady mm-hmm. Just need to get a pig's foot and a sweet potato, and we'll make you a casserole. No, she's not that black woman. Okay, let's go with the next one. Yeah, let's go. Next. Um, didn't smoke cigarettes. Did smoke cigarettes? Up Motherfucker! Yeah, no, she was. I'm a, over I mean, she was when she came up. Everybody smoked cigarettes. So yeah, but she was. But she seemed like someone I just would quit in my lifetime. She, I would yeah. think that everything in life, while she raised you, was a lesson. Well, no, I'll say that like when she was. This is how my, she didn't. She smoked cigarettes when she was pregnant with me. She became a vegetarian and didn't smoke. Yeah. For the period that she was pregnant, and then once she was had me, she went back to eating meat and smoking cigarettes. Like okay, was, okay. She was very much aware of the fact that like I need to make sure this works. Your mom smoked. Uh, cool. Yeah, she smoked cigarettes. Yeah. Cool menthols. Oh, I don't know what she smoked. Oh, fuck. She's not that black lady, so probably not. <laughs> that's what. That's like the, That's the. Uh, so I'm zero for three on your mom. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. That's. I'm gonna. Fucking... That's funny. I was like. I was like. What is this gonna be? No. Uh. She. She's definitely that black lady. Like, if she walked in right now, you, she's the black lady who walks in and is like, like, commands the attention of the room. Yeah. Everybody wants to be her friend because they're afraid she might hate her. She's very gregarious and, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, she just, she, she does sort of won't take yes for an answer. Like, she just sort of like dominates. Really? Thing. Yeah. Like, she's on Facebook. People are like, your mom, your mom clicked like on my Facebook post. Like, she's a very popular figure. And she watches all your shit? Watches all my shit. Yeah, watches all this shit. Like, when, when 11.30 hits, the show airs at 11. When 11.30 hits, there's three. I, I'll get either a phone call or a text message from three people. My mom, my dad, and Chris Rock. <laughs> Fuck. A funny, like... Jesus Christ. You know <laughs> no one calls me for my show? <laughs> everybody will let me know what they thought. Uh, and it's not always good from all of them. It's really funny. And they don't, all, they don't correspond in any way. Like, it's not like somebody like, that was great. That was all right. You know, like, it's just... Sort of, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no pressure. So, 1129, I'm just like, here we go. We'll find out what everybody... My dad doesn't about. watch anything I do. Oh, my mom watches it all, but doesn't call me. And no, my Chris Rock is, doesn't have my number. My mom's in the middle of it. She'll tell me. Yeah, no, she, she, I can give him your number if you want me to. Uh, but she's in the middle of all of it. Like she's been following it from the very beginning. Always thought it would it would happen in some way. Are you surprised uh, that it, I'm surprised? You know, like before the show happened, I was making a living, and I sort of saw a trajectory that I was okay with. Like, okay, I'll be the guy who sort of like I sort of always felt like I'll be like Henry Rollins. Like you know, like like. Yeah. There's a percentage of people who will love me, and nobody else will really care one way or the other. And I'll just sort of travel around doing what I do. You know, write a book. Yeah, write a book, and you know, hopefully get in some, do some voiceover work, and you know, (laughs) sort of hopefully just sort of make my career through the thing. I'm surprised that it 
that the way that happened that like oh no you have a show now and uh, and now you can tour the country yeah and now and now people want and now there's people really probably hunting you down to do a book deal yeah i mean it's just like there's a lot more opportunity it just happened so much quick i thought at the point i was at i was like well yeah i'll just you know or that it would happen i'd get some show on like a cable channel that was like some sort of like you know like oh the cooking channel wants a racism show all right you know like some sort of like you know one of those channels where you end up on some weird like <laughs> don't go there yeah, and it's all about eating in the hood yeah, yeah, yeah some sort <laughs> that's of actually like- a real show <laughs> it's actually a real show it was it was uh, on travel channel yeah, there was, you go. Don't, don't go there, go there. Uh, and it was two black women who would take you into the hoods to go eat and which you know i mean i actually thought it was a pro- no, it's a great idea. show, except yeah. when you say don't go there, you sort of guaranteed no black person will watch it. Like, oh, yeah. is that what we're doing? Don't <laughs> like, go there. <laughs> yeah, I get the double. What is, yeah, it's shitty. Uh, but yeah, so I just sort of thought that I would sort of, even when we started pitching the show, I sort of in my mind was like, not that there's a bad cable channel out there, but yeah. just, I was like, oh, maybe it'll end up on some sort of. It'll like, end up on. Uh, it'll end up on Oxygen or Oprah will yeah, pick it up yeah, and we'll yeah, do it on. Sort of, like, for the IFC before IFC became IFC, you know what I well, mean? That's, like, well, that's how those networks blow up. Is yeah. so. Wait, you were doing your one man show. Chris Rock and came in and saw you. Answer your question from whenever that was. 2007 is when I was like, I'm going to focus on race. I wrote the one man show. Really, the W. Kamau Bell Curve ending racism in about an hour because I was tired of being in clubs doing stand up talking about what I want to talk about and like 10 minutes in people are like could you just talk about your dick or something like yeah. that like you know just to, I get that you think the world is fucked up well it's, it's refreshing you know having worked with a great deal of of black comics and you you find that it's it's it literally is one of two groups they're either crystal clean mm-hmm. and they are you know the there was a big popular tour called the sellout comedy tour yeah, 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 yeah and it was and those were all very funny guys but they were all sellouts yeah I, they, that, they, you they know embraced their fact that it wasn't was. about ticket sales trust me yeah it was about it was about hey white people trust me you're gonna be safer yeah and that's and that's I call, the, it's like the and i don't put it's like we're not like the others is that sort of like that sort of yeah. version of black which is and those are good guys authentic. those are all good guys no. yeah vince was vince morris He's vince morris yeah. um bt yeah and uh like bt's whole thing was i'm not black yeah, and it, which 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 I I never could entirely embrace. Well, that's the thing. I don't I I felt like it's like there's two camps. There's sort of the Def Jam version of black comedy. Yeah, and there's that version where it's like, I, which is basically all about I'm not the Def Jam version of black comedy, and yeah. I didn't feel comfortable. Certainly not in the Jeff Jam version. And even though I sort of made sense in that other version, I never really fit into that version because I wasn't clean. I I was talking about I wanted to talk about topical things. I did want to talk about race with the sort of clarity that the Def Jam guys talk about, but I don't have that same perspective, so I, I couldn't I couldn't act like that, you know. Yeah. So I couldn't do that, and I think both of those things are good. But I just felt like there's some sort of third version of this. Well, wait, why? That's what would drive, drives me nuts is why? Why is it that you can only be one of two things? Why can't Colin <laughs> Quinn said it in his keynote speech? Why can't? You as a person be who you are on stage. Why do you have to pigeonhole yourself into one thing? Why can't you talk about other things? Patrice was really good at that, in my opinion, because no, Patrice he, was great at that. He sort of found it, it. He sort of made that road. And if he had, if he had stayed and gotten bigger, I mean, Chris is that road. Chris it's is that just, road. Yeah, it's just because he's such a hip hop guy, you can still feel the Def Jam in him. Yeah, but he's way more not. He's not. He can play in the Def Jam rooms because he's Chris Rock and he's always been able to play there. But he's really like. And I thought when Chris broke and when Chappelle broke, Chappelle's that guy. Chappelle's lane, all over the place. It would create a lane for like. <clears> not that I'm as. I always feel like I'm not compared, but I feel like it would create that third lane. And it really is weird because it didn't even create a discussion about the two of them together. Like you'd read an article, Dave Chappelle's the funniest comic in America. And then you read Chris Rock, and they never talked about them in the same breath of out. Like it was like Batman and Spider Man. Like they lived in separate worlds. Yeah. 
and but and I thought no, this is this should be thought of as part of a new wave of black comedy, but nobody ever thought of it that way. Yeah, everyone always saw, said, well, the reason they're so much better is because they're different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like somehow like well, yeah, they're, they're great comics, yeah. but there's also comics who may not be as because those are once in a lifetime comics, but who are as good, but also can do a version of that. You know, yeah, like, everybody's those guys. Not, everybody's not Seinfeld, but there's a lot of guys who can talk about like the sock that's missing in the, you know, like exactly that can make a living. You know, uh, so then when you wrote that one man show, solving racism in one ending, hour, ending racism in about an hour, and yeah. and then you started doing that in. I started just I started doing it in San Francisco. I just rent. I had worked in the theater community in San Francisco, like the small independent theater community, so I knew theaters. I just rented black box theaters and just, you know, I mean, it's this thing where you very quickly go, okay, it costs two fifty to rent this room on a Thursday. It holds 80 people. If I sell tickets for $15, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, and you start to do the math and suddenly it goes, wait a minute, this works out. <laughs> yeah. Even in this, even in this room, it works out. Like for like I'm making more here than I would if I was certainly featuring, but even headlining. You know, and and the audience is exactly everybody I want. You know, so that's the be- that's the big key is when you like you never and not to say you never had to, but you were never forced to spend four years in the farm system of stand up comedy where you're performing for people that do not know who the fuck you are. Well, I mean, I did that. It's just I sort of got tired of it. Like, yeah, I felt like I sort of like you know the, that was my path. That was my yeah. trajectory. Was I didn't do it in L.A. and New York, so I certainly didn't do it with the same. Like oppressive. <laughs> like, you know, oh, yeah. I did it in Iowa. Yeah. I did it. I always use Iowa as the example, but I'm not even pl- thinking of the clubs I play. It's the clubs I used to play. Yeah. Where it was like, it was. I remember one time um, making a joke. I was in Cincinnati, and it was like 80 percent black, which I was always very comfortable with yeah. because of starting in New York, you just knew how to play to any any yes. room. Yeah. You're like, look, just talk to everyone honestly, and you're gonna be fine. Yeah. Second, you start pandering, you're fucked. And I yeah. made a joke about. Um, I said something. Something I forget the thing, but it was like God bless Sunday nights where I would never perform in front of black people, and all the white people started groaning. And I, go, the, I go, don't groan. You don't know fucking. You don't know why yeah, I'm saying that. Yeah, I go, yeah. it's free tickets. The reason they're here is free tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're like, and the white people are like, come on, they pay just like we did. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna pander. Yeah, and I'm looking at the black yeah. people. I go, did anyone pay for tickets? I remember one dude raised his hand. They all laughed at him. <laughs> they were like, you didn't get the email. Yeah, you didn't get the. Email. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, I think and so so go back to back to you. So you. You're doing your one-man show in New York, and then Chris Rock comes I in. I started doing it in San Francisco in the Bay Area. And then eventually, every now and again, I'd do it at a festival. Like, I would do it at the – like, I did it at the – there's a festival called the French Festival in New York, the Solo Nova Festival. So I would keep coming back to New York. I did it in L.A. at the Comedy Central mm-hmm. Theater here, the Hudson Theater, Paul Stein's Theater. And I would do it – I would sort of take it and sort of showcase it and then go back home. And sort of made a few connections and met this guy, Chuck Scalar here, who's the – one of the executive groups of Totally Biased. He's the tr- the third triplet of yeah. the Sklar brothers. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the fraternal triplet. Uh, yeah, doesn't look like them and is way older. Uh, <laughs> but he he um he knows Chris from the Chris Rock show. They worked together on the Chris Rock show, and so he told Chris that he said, "Chris, you should check him out." Chris apparently saw some of my YouTube clips and was like, "Yeah," and uh, and then somebody else told Chris, Jocelyn Cooper, this woman from New York, told him. Mm-hmm. About me, and so he said those two people basically hounded him to go see me when I was in New York. Really, and I did the show, and he—I didn't know he was there. And at the end, thank of the show, God. Yeah, no, exactly. He Fucking knows, he, talk about sucking a dick on stage. Chris Rock's <laughs> in the back. <laughs> Better be good. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. There's white people and there's crackers. Oh, no, <laughs> this is a bad idea. <laughs> well, it's funny. Even that night, there was a, 
there, it's funny. I think when I thought about my act, I was like, "There's things in here that I feel like if I had known he was there, I would have not done them because I would have been afraid." Is that too much like Chris Rock? You yeah, know, or, like, or you're just making jokes about short people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. Ever, you ever have a short friend that wears a high top to try to <laughs> overcompensate? I mean, yeah. So he just floated backstage. He's aware that he's like a Jedi as much as he tries to deny it. So yeah. he knows not to sort of walk in and wave to everybody and sit down in the front. He's dressed in black and comes in the back. And- what, a, what a dick move that would be if he just fucking no hat, just sat in the front. <laughs> yeah. Just like he's in Cape Fear, just smoking a cigar. <laughs> Clearing all the front seats and yeah. have the whole row to himself. Yes. Yeah, so he he's just, Tell he, me about race. <laughs> <laughs> you got jokes about race I hear. Well, let's start. Do number one. Do your funniest one. Yeah. And, uh, and I did the show, and there's a lot of PowerPoint. Like, basically, the stuff about Totally Bias that's the front half of the show is what my show was. Like, mm-hmm. video clips and funny images. Uh, although way funnier on Totally Bias than I could do. But... And then he came backstage and was like, yeah, it was funny. Like, he was very much, like, cavalier, not like, I have found the one. Not over the top. Just No, not in any way. Like, I, the way I started pitching, always, like, he's like, it's like Jordan going, you got a good jump shot, but are you going to work on the rest of the game? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. are you going to, like, what are you, are you going to stay in the minors? Are you going to try to, you know, are you going to, you know, go to the pros? So, it's what he did, and he's like, he asked me where I lived. I said, San Francisco. He said, move. And then he dropped the smoke bomb and disappeared. Like, it was just over, and I was just sort of like... That's fucking Chris Rock, you know. It's a, it's a dude. I could hang my hat on that compliment for a year. Well, yeah. At the time, I was like, man, I hope someday I could like open for him. Like that was, the, you know, like oh that. yeah, that's the way a comic's brain works. Exactly. Maybe fucking, you take me on the road. I bet. He, I, can... I, bet I, I bet. I bet. I fly first class. I bet they don't even know there's coach. I know exactly. I get five grand a pop, <laughs> and I bet he doesn't drink, and they'll have bottles of champagne in the green room, <laughs> and I can take those home. My yeah. wife and I have a nice Thursday night. I can sell them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's just that thing where you're just like, I would be. Maybe if he goes on road hundred dates. I mean, I would probably get like forty of them. You know, like, and, just, and you're performing in front of the right people, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Maybe from there I could start to yeah. And so that's where my brain was at. And then he called me two, three months later and was like, you know, just out of the blue, basically, and was like, uh, I want to do a show with you. I want to, uh, you know, I want to help you get a show. And I was like, I didn't know what that meant. And I was just like, okay. Like, I heard you talking to Jimmy Stewart and you guys were talking about, like, the development deal thing. And I always saw other people getting that, but I was not a part of, I had no experience of that at all. Like, yeah. I was not a part of that sort of, like, you know, oh, you signed a development deal, that doesn't go, you get another one. I know friends who've had that happen, but I was so far off the grid that, like, so... Really, like, once I met Chris, and I'd gotten an agent at that point, but I felt like people were like, so who are you? And I was like, and I'd done Montreal in 2005, but nothing had happened, so it was like nobody knew who I was. You know, like, it yeah. was just like, so, young man, where, where are you from San Francisco, you say? Now, what is that? You know, it was just like, yeah. I was a completely, like, unknown commodity. And it was really, therefore, suspicious of people who said they want to work with me, because I was like, I don't know that you want to work with me, or you just think that... Something must be happening with you, so we should probably grab you. you know? Yeah, so, so I don't understand I, what it is. But. It's interesting. There's so many, um, be, you know, things that happen in your career where you go, "This is the set." There's yeah. one set I had in my life where I went, "This set just changed my life." Yeah, and I and it did, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened. But that's back when one set could change your life. Yeah, no, and I and so the set that changed my life was the time he saw me, but I didn't know that going in. You didn't know that going in or coming out. You no, were like, no, no, no. And, but and it turns out when you look back, like, holy shit. Yeah, no, it's it's clearly like that's where the thing swung. Like, if I had been, who knows, who knows how how less good the show needed to be for him to be like, ah, like you know, who knows what would have had to have happened for him to go, ah, it was all right, and for him not to come back and say hello. You know, who knows? Yeah. It was a really good show. I mean, I remember that night coming on stage, being like, it was that thing where you go, that was a good show, uh, but I wasn't like, well, you, I, you the, and I, and I, I think this plays into it i remember here i don't know where i heard this story but i heard some part of this story of you talking on something and and i was like 
it's really fascinating because I believe that I have a very cultured sense of of comedy. Like, and 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 I'll put it to this equivalent equivalence. That's not the right way to say that, but. I will put it this into this analogy. You were making a very ar- artisan cheese on stage. <laughs> and he tasted it and he went, I see the hints yeah, yeah, yeah. of what he's trying to make. Yeah. And I could easily tell him how to make it or I could let him figure it out on his own. Yeah. As opposed to so many dudes who are just selling cheese curds. <laughs> and they're like, bag of cheese curds, two bucks. Yeah, yeah, and, the, yeah. and some people just fucking throw cheese yeah, curds yeah. in no, their mouth. They're like, yeah, these yeah. are fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, it's funny. It, it only has become more artful looking the more I sort of get into the doing the show, like I at the time I was just like I was just a dude like this is the only cheese I know how to make. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> like I wasn't I wasn't necessarily like this is the greatest cheese. I was just like <laughs> I only know I've decided to make the cheese I want to taste. Is basically what happened. Yeah, I didn't know how artisan it was, and I sort of I knew that it was like like I never it was never going to play in a comedy club. Uh, it was never going to be. A th- I knew it was not second show Friday material. So if I did second show in a comedy club, I didn't do the bell curve. I just did my act as I had constructed it. But yeah. I knew it was like I sort of thought. Well, you know, maybe I'll do some colleges, but I'll, oh, I'll just travel or I'll. You get- could clean up in February. Well, no, I'd be- <laughs> you could fucking. Mur- I remember being at one of those college conferences. You clean up in February at the white colleges. Yeah. We got a black guy. Don't You'd be working two shows a night. Yeah, Go to yeah, Boston. Yeah. You work five shows on a fucking night. <laughs> My God. Like, that yeah. would be... Oh, and by the way, if you're not working every date in February, that's well, no, when your hiatus should be. Yeah. You could make... I'm telling you, I don't know what the fucking price for a college is, yeah. but you know for a fact yeah, that a white yeah, yeah. kill, you get 20 grand out of those fucking exactly. Ivy yeah, League yeah. schools. Yeah, just yelling at them. Uh, but yeah, so it's just... That was... I was like... I sort of had some, like, maybe I'll do some sort of Broadway run. Like, some sort of, like, like I just thought I was on some sort of, like, I'll do that thing where you just you just become the guy. There's a lot of solo shows like that where, like, a guy that you've never heard of is on the road all year just doing that circuit. Oh, yeah. And making a good living. Kyle Cease and Daniel again. Tosh, when I first start, moved, no, when I first, like, started really working in L.A., yeah. They were making six figures, yeah. destroying it on in colleges. And I remember, yes. I remember me and Gary Goldman looked at uh, Daniel Tosh's schedule, and we were like, "He's not doing any clubs." And it was like University <laughs> of Wisconsin, yeah. University of Wisconsin Southern, what is, yeah. like <laughs> University of Wisconsin next door to the University. Yeah, of Wisconsin. and we were yeah. like, "Mother God!" And I said, "You work a lot." And he's like, "I got a mortgage." And I was like, uh, "Tosh is one of the few people that I that I love this about him. He'll tell you exactly how much money he makes." Uh, <laughs> fucking love that. <laughs> I remember I texted him. I was like, "How much is your Taco Bell deal?" And he texted me back. And told me, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, let me let you know, it is as good as you think it is, or oh, yeah, yeah, or better than you think it is." Yeah, no, it's, I don't. I only I, I've only met him a couple times, but uh, no, I, I just feel like that thing where it's like, I knew I was a specific taste. Yeah, you know, I knew that I was like not going to be. You know, that's why the show is like this thing where. With FX, the show has gotten better the more I realize, oh, they actually want me to be the specific taste that I am. They don't want me to sort of try to... It has gotten a lot better, in my opinion. And I watch it. I, you're, you're on my TiVo. be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's gotten better. I think you've gotten better as a host. You're, well, it's, it's hosting is a different muscle. Yes. And I say, I say this, I've been hosting for fucking 15 years. Yeah. But hosting is an interesting muscle where it's not stand-up because you got to be... You can't just be as free... As your mind works in stand up, you got to think of like nineteen different things, and you got to hit a, an out at a certain time. And you got to—it's you know—and there's no way to learn it unless you do it. Like it's just like you know, it's like I've, the thing that comforted me is that you know I read the two books, Bill Carter's books, The War for Late Night and uh, The Late Shift about Conan and yeah. Letterman, all, both, mostly about Leno, ironically. But that none of those dudes started out being a good host. Like they no one funny, does. 
they but you have it's like a war it's you have to sort it's just a muscle you have to develop on the job i've been doing it 15 years i'm still not a good host no 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 and i'm still looking at myself (laughs) like oh dude what do you think how like yeah there's lots of stuff that i feel like i'm like how does this thanks fx but uh yeah, like you just you have to sort of do it, and you have to find your own style. And a lot of it, I've studied other people now. Like, cause I, it was never my goal to be a talk show host. So it's yeah. like this thing where I'm like, oh, now I got to learn this thing, and I, you know, I'm certainly better at it than I was, but I'm nowhere near as I need good as I need to be. But you're, but you're, and you're a different type of talk show host. You're not Jimmy Kimmel, who literally is just there to kind of facilitate. Yeah, a, no. a, an ease into sleep. I mean, and, I, and, and I'm not saying that. No, no disrespect to Jimmy Kimmel, but like his job isn't to get people to think. Really, no, it's no. to let people like lightheartedly giggle into the evening and, yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. fall asleep with a glass of wine at the yeah. end and go, "Hey, I didn't catch the last five minutes. Let me fucking go back in TiVo and see what he did." Yeah, yours is like, "Hey guys, like you know, uh, we're, uh, get a notepad out. We're talking." <laughs> like, you know, I think that that's because I didn't come at it from the talk show host thing. Like, you know, it's, it's funny when they were they were whenever they were talking about the late night wars. Occasionally, like, who's going to be the new host of this? Occasionally, not that anybody pitched me as one of the hosts. Of, my name would slip into that thing. I'm like, oh, I'm not even doing that. Like, yeah. I don't think of my. I think of it certainly more of like the Daily Show, Colbert, and Bill Maher. Like, no, I'm a guy with an opinion whose opinion is sort of hopefully strong enough that you can build a show around it, you know, so. Yeah, uh, no, totally. But I don't, so yeah, I just, but also you have to know, how, like Bill Maher's got to know how to be like, and you're next, and you're, and you know, you have to know, point, it's your turn, and now it's my turn, and you have to be able to sort of bat, bat the ball back and forth, you know, so that, which is stuff that I had not done before, and there's no training for it other than to do it, you know. And your, and your writing staff is uh, a diverser than the Amistad. Like, <laughs> Fucking! The, I saw the Amistad was mostly blacks and whites. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was definitely diverser than the Amistad. Yeah, yeah, that was a yeah. horrible analogy. <laughs> it was diverser than Star of, Trek. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Then the bridge on the bridge on Star Trek. Yeah, the, but yeah, that. like I remember you saying. I, I think we were backstage. You were going through your list of the writers that yeah. are working on your show, and I was like, I was like, you know, have a Jason. <laughs> You don't have a Kyle? <laughs> you don't have a Murray? <laughs> we have an Ethan. I think we have, we have oh, an Ethan. Oh, is it Ethan, uh, Bra- Ethan Berlin? Ethan Berlin. Yeah. I know Ethan Berlin. Yeah, he's great. He worked on a show. I worked on a show with him a long time ago. Uh, um, Reality Bites Back. It's where, uh, I'm, it's where I met Red. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, Ethan is one of our – I mean, he started – he came with us in December, came on in December. And it's just – I mean, he's amazing. He's really like a five-tool athlete. He actually came up with the thing we did, uh, Anything to Say to a White Guy, where – and he was in it, where we walked him through like Harlem and Washington Heights and said – talked to people about racism, like, well, is there anything you'd like to get off your chest that you say to a white guy? And then he would walk in. And it was one of our first things we did where I was like, this is funny. I don't care what anybody says. This yeah. is, and people like ended up having serious things to say, ridiculous shit to say. They hugged at the end. It was you guys really... smell like wet dogs. <laughs> there was, was some of that. <laughs> that, was the first, that was the first thing that, we went, that when we were in that dorm, I went to the black floor and I hung out with all the black chicks. Yeah. And, I had, uh, and I had such a great fucking conversation with this girl named Vanilla. I don't know what she's doing now. As in Vanilla the Smell? As in Vanilla the Smell. Okay. And, and she, me and her fucking, I was like, man, I'm fucking yeah. so attracted to that chick. And then I said something about, have you ever had sex with a white guy? It's a joke I still use on stage as a fuck. I'm such a hack. But like I wrote in college and it got uh, such a laugh in this room. Yeah. Um, but I said, have you ever had sex with a white guy? And she goes, no, you guys smell like wet dogs. I don't like the smell of you. Yeah. And I went, re- I go, you know, that's kind of hurtful. <laughs> and she's like, I don't care. It's what you smell like. I feel like you smell like wet dogs. And then I, and then 
And then the joke I said, which I still use on stage, and I'm fucking 40. I wrote this when I was 19, was, you should try it. It's a little different. It's like getting your ears pierced. You feel a little prick, and it's over. And it got a huge laugh. You got to remember, in a college dorm with all black chicks and like three white dudes, it got a laugh that destroyed. And everyone was like, you should be a comedian. And I was like... I was like, I'll be 40 using this bit. Uh, yes, this is the uh, the 20th anniversary of this mm. bit. Yeah, I, It was funny. You know why I used to like what dogs? You know what the secret is? What? Lotion. Oh, yeah. Lotion fucks with my skin. Right. There's good it lotion. makes There's me the, bumpy. Don't use Vaseline intensive care. I, I can't use, use lotion. I start breaking you got, out. You got to use good lotion. I got. I tell you, I got really soft skin. I, oh, you, I have you, really soft skin, well, like right. really, really soft skin. Well, you may not need lotion, but lotion is the thing that makes you not smell like a wet dog. Really? Yes, because there's because lotion. Oh, don't smell my daughter. She smells disgusting. <laughs> my youngest. I promise daughter, you, I will not smell your daughter. I'm gonna make you smell her on the way as out. As I her said, hands. as a black guy in this house, <laughs> black guy smells white little girl. We should film at eleven. We should do a segment. Bring in a six year old and ask her what she wants to ask a black guy. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> I would be the perfect fucking um, <laughs> do you comb your hair or? yeah the, my kids don't really um, actually they ha- they're having an argument they're having their first racial argument in the bathtub last night oh wow okay. and I overheard it and it was that's why you it, texted me come to you gotta come tomorrow no it was it was uh, um, they were arguing over the, over the color of Justin Timberlake they were like he's gotta be black right uh... and my daughters are like mm, he sounds black when he changes his voice. My wife's like, "That's Timberland, that's not Justin." <laughs> and they're like, and my wife's like, "Justin's a white boy." And you use those exact words, which I thought were weird. <laughs> Your from the south, yeah. And she goes, "He's a white boy." And they and they said, "There's no way he's white." That's, have they seen him? Uh, no, they just okay, listened they to him. They oh, sting his music all around. That's but funny. we had just seen JT and Jay Z. Justin Timberlake cannot hang with Jay Z. I mean, for, well, it's just funny. Last year it was Watch the Throne, and like where you go, Kanye and and Jay Z. Like, well, of course. That's, that's, no, what do you think of Kanye? I, th- you know, I think that well, in what context? Like, that's what the question. Is the like, answer. like, uh, like I, like I'm not. A, I don't listen to. I don't listen. I, I don't actively avoid his music, but I don't buy his music. So, I don't. I don't listen. I, I listen to a whole different strand of music. But as an artist, I think you're always going to have that guy. Yeah. The guy who's sort of like, you know, I'm the greatest, no one can, you know, I mean, I feel like that guy has always existed. Yeah. John Lennon was a little bit of that guy. I'm not saying they're the equivalent, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. so who thinks they're better than everybody else? And uh, I think that uh, like his new album, which garnered some controversy because he drops a lot of N-bombs on it and was allegedly a little more political. I sort of listened to it and go, eh, this is not really. Do you say the N-word? Oh, yeah. I say it a lot in my act. Really? But I, but as I, I don't say it as... I don't say it the way that a lot of black people say it. It's like, you know, uh, what, I would never go, hey, what's up, my nigga? Like, I would not yeah. do that unless I was, me and Kevin Avery do that because we're kidding. You know, like, it's, yeah. I talk about the word nigger a lot in my act. Uh, oh, okay. I talk about the word and the use of the word and how people use it and, con- you know, so I, like, but I don't, yeah, so I say, I say nigger, not nigga. It's know. interesting. And I, and the Paula Dean stuff we had talked about, yeah. like, right when it went down and you were yeah. like, and you were, you were, I think you had an extremely, I think most black people had, like, a, an opinion that was a little more lax than the corporate America. Yeah, corporate yeah, America yeah. shut her down and I feel like, I personally feel like, you know, there was, there was some, I think it's the fear of who's next. You know, like, there, I think it's corporate America. Well, we can't support it. Yeah, yeah What yeah. do we look like if we supported it? You well, have to fire her. But I also think that, and I don't know we talked about this, but I think that clearly, I feel like the, they shut her down so quickly that there was like, oh, you were, you must have been done with her. Yeah. You must have been like, ah, we were ready. <laughs> like, you know, because. The diabetes thing was really like I think a sketchy. Yeah, I like, like the diabetes, I think they were kind of like, because 
they only fire somebody that quickly when they're like, oh, thank God, now we have a reason. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, because I was hung around for a while when they're like, uh, Alec Baldwin uh, yeah, yeah, Alec sent Baldwin. it on a voicemail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Alec Baldwin, like, it's fine. Next and week he's in the scene with Tracy Morgan. You're like, what the? F-? Yeah. Like, he just did something recently <laughs> that people were like, where he went on Twitter and went after somebody. And it was, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's clearly when they're not done with you, they'll find a reason to keep you around. But when yeah. they're done with you, they, they just, they're just done with you. Have you ever had a white person say it to you? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's certainly different contexts. There's walking down the street and like, nigger. Like I've had that. But then there's also like talking with a a white person who you think is a friend of yours, and they just drop it in a way. You're like, whoa, hey, hey, like, hey, like, hey. like, 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 uh, like, um, like they use it. Like they like they use it like you're like you should be cool with it because we're friends. You know, yeah. like that, this is the thing where it's like where a conversation will go into it. Like this will happen where they could choose to say the n word, but they say nigger. And then I get and I get him a weird look like, hey, I call it the nigger flinch. Like, what did you just? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, 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 it, there is that there is that Louis C.K. premise that it's you're you're having a conversation. Yeah. And why why am I forcing you to say it in your head? Yeah. I'm saying I'm saying yeah. I'm getting away with saying it by yeah. saying the n word, but making you say it in your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and but I, I don't and I don't like the n word either. But there's ways to like I've had it where you feel like you just wanted to say it like yeah. say nigger where it's like. There was you. We could have had this discussion without that. I'm not word. comfortable with you saying it. Quite honestly, <laughs> no, you're turning, you're turning red over there. How many, times, how many times is nigger gonna say it? Well, it's, uh, like, it's like it's like when that whole Paula Dean thing went down. It was like it was like I started going like I definitely I definitely for I don't I don't really sing hip hop as much as yeah, I used yeah, to as a younger, yeah. but I sang it all the time. Yeah, like yeah. when we showed up in a song, I sang it. Like yeah. I sang it. I and like when I'd go on stage to go on stage to uh, MJG and Eight Ball. Do you know who they are? Uh-uh. Um. They're, it's fucking they're the greatest <laughs> they're literally um they're literally uh, and this is what I, I this is what i got by living in the south was yeah. i got a real affinity for like down south, dirty south hip-hop yeah that slower kind of syrup drinking yeah, yeah i grew yeah. up on orange mound like <laughs> that kind and i really fell in love with these guys and i've been listening to them forever they they're two people i'd love to have on my podcast and um talk to him at the black guy meeting if you I, you'll never run into i don't think that you go to that meeting <laughs> they go to like the they go to the uh the I, the, the uh so anyway this was i go to this the 8 a.m they go to the 2 a.m this is the kind of music so i used to come up on stage to this song because <laughs> then you wondered how come nobody wants to hear me talk about my kids <laughs> yeah i used to <laughs> <laughs> I used to come up with that song, take my shirt off, drink pound of beer, and then I would do a dance to the. I would wow. I would emulate whatever they were singing in the dance. Yeah. But I had a real problem, like when they would sing the N word, mouthing it. Yes. Because I was like, I don't want to. But that if I was in my car, I would sing it. Yes. And then now recently, I'm like, I just don't like. I don't. I don't. I don't really listen to much hip hop in the car because I'm with the girls. I don't yeah. really drive much to be honest with you and I don't sing it when I'm on a plane so I just yeah. haven't come across <laughs> it. Just hasn't, you haven't found a, I sort of, I said, I, I said in my act the other day, I was like, I feel like white people sometimes need a room where they can go to where they can say the word nigger as much as they want to. I said, I made a joke, I made a joke right after the Paul Dean thing and I go, here should be the new rule. White people should be allowed to say it but only when black people aren't around. <laughs> just other white people yeah, yeah. and someone goes someone, it was great so another white guy goes that's what we do now and I go <laughs> no, yeah, I go, I go it's, I'm saying I'm trying to say that we don't do that now <laughs> I was like there's, there's yeah. some clan meetings where we're like yeah that's what that's, that's what we, they do we founded this whole organization around <laughs> saying the n-word in front of other people when black people run around yeah it's, it's uh, yeah I think it's 
I think you know how they have those rooms in Japan where you can take a nap for 15 minutes? We should have nigger rooms where you just go show up, white people just and just, oh, God, and then just going about your day. Oh, I just had to say it. We can go in there and sing as much old school Dr. Dre as you want to. What have you been doing? There. Nothing. Yeah, I, just, just, uh, I just had to take a break for a second because <laughs> I was really mad about LeBron. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because, like, uh, I don't get it. I don't, nothing offends me. Nothing yeah. offends me. But the... Um, but and and I don't get offended, and I, I can't say that I get offended. But I get offended, I get offended when um, when people say the word retard. That bothers yeah. me, uh, it, but just bothers me because I go, you sh- you should know better by now. Yeah, like I don't like. Um, see, that, and it's funny because we all have our lines. We all have lines. Like when you say nothing offends me, I immediately go, well, something offends him, and then you go, well, yeah, yeah. yeah we all have lines, and the problem is, is that when somebody, and this generally, I'm not gonna say with you, but generally, if if you cross somebody else's line, you go, well, you're an idiot for having that line there. Yeah. But then if they cross your line, you're like, well, wait a minute. You should know not to cross this line. Exactly. And yeah. that's the problem with society is that we all have separate lines and we don't always respect other people's lines. Yeah. You know? My wife used the word, the R word. Yes. And, and, it, and the other day about something and, and I go, babe, you got to know by now you can't say that. I don't like the F word. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like the M word. I don't like the uh, Brad Williams. <laughs> so, so that's so funny. Was that was like, funny. I don't know. It might have been worse than saying the M word. Like, we're just gonna say the Brad Williams. Yeah, just uh, yeah. <laughs> so I saw him the other night at the Jay Z concert, and he was like, "I go, where are you going?" And he goes, first class." I said, "What?" And he goes, "Handicap, baby." Ah. So they sat him right up front. Um, the uh, but uh, but yeah, and and so like, and the N word, uh, just it just is one of those things that like. Uh, a black person can say it all they want, but like when I'm around white people, if a white person says it, I do get a, a douche chills. Where I'm like, God damn it! Yeah, did yeah. you you didn't like you didn't even look around? You didn't check your <laughs> rearview mirrors? Yeah, like no, no. you just don't do it so that we don't have to fucking deal with what the repercussions. Well, like, I think there's that thing, and I, I, I uh, where white people know they're not supposed to say it, or know that they're told they're not supposed to say it. Which first of all, anybody can say whatever they want to. Yeah, you know, we can. You're free to. You can. A comic say it on stage. Just, yeah, they just don't want people don't want the repercussions for saying it. Like they just want to be able to say it without. But and yet the reason why they're saying it is because it's dangerous to say. So you wouldn't. White people will get so like I just feel like I want to say it, and it gets all like I just want to say it. And so when a song comes on, they're screaming. It, you're like, why are you screaming it? No, yeah. Dr. Dre's not screaming it. You know where they want to they want to be able to play that game, but not get burned for it. And it's just like, well, you can't have it both ways. Context is everything. There are comics that there are comics that will use the word, and I'm not. I can't even name names. So I don't want to name names. So that even yeah. sounds slanderous. Yeah. But like, there are comics that will use it to say the word. If we're talking about the word, that would just use it yeah. and don't give a fuck. Yeah. And they're like, I don't care. You're allowed to think whatever you're allowed to think of me. I'm not going to be a child and not yeah. and dance around a word. I'll say whatever the fuck I want to say. It's fine. But then people have the right to be like, well, I don't want to hear this. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I don't think just because someone is offended doesn't mean they're stupid. You know, because you don't know. The, and I think yeah. sometimes we define if you're offended by what I'm saying, especially as comic. Again, we're crossing the thin comedy line. As a comic, if someone's offended by what I say, it doesn't mean they're stupid. I used to think that. I yeah. used to think that if you were offended, you just were of a lower intelligence and you were powerless in your own life. And that was how you exert your power yeah. is by being offended. Because yeah. it's such a fucking base reaction of like, oh, my God. Like, especially when white people get offended for black people, that yeah. offends me. Yeah. I, go, I go, how dare you? How like, d- yeah. like, don't tell me you got the fucking answers that you'll take care of their feelings. Let yeah, them take yeah. care of their fucking feelings. Yes. But, and, and it could be that, so, like, you know, because there's people, we do things on Totally Bias that offend people. And, but I feel like I own their offense. Yeah, I'm, 
I'm, if you're offended, yeah. I'm glad you're offended because I that wasn't that means it's not meant for you. Yeah. Or that means that you're the target of the joke. I certainly feel like you can target people in jokes, but I think sometimes in comedy, because people don't pick their targets, it's like shotguns. It's like, you're, dude, you're hitting the wrong people. Yeah. You know, I, you, you're offending people because you're, and you're, because you're just shooting out wide, you know. just And so my thing, but you can do that, but then know that you're going to offend some people. And right now in the 21st century, we're not just having a conversation with the people in the club. You're having a conversation with the people in the club and whoever they're connected to. Because everybody in the middle of the club will be like, this guy just tweeted, da 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 And if you're in the wrong oh. position, that goes viral. And then suddenly you're like, like there was a comic in New York whose name I don't want to name because I don't want to blow him up. But suddenly he's like having to defend his jokes. Is it, uh, does it, or is his initials SM? Yes, yes. Yeah. Suddenly he's in the position of having to defend his act in a way that like 20 years ago, that person would have been offended. They maybe would have said something to him and it would have ended. Yeah, you know, and now, now that person offended a blogger, and that blogger is taken, and, that, and then somebody else picks that thing up, and suddenly it's like, and suddenly he's in a position of, of being a dude who's—he's not brand new to comedy, but he's not like, he's not Patrice. He's not had been doing it twenty years. Yeah, he's where not he a knows. guy who's like, well, it's not going to affect my draw. You know, he's a dude who's like still building a career, and and I understand the blogger's right to be offended, absolutely. But it's just this thing about like, as a comic, as comics, we have to understand that technology has changed what we do. Yeah, and I and I think it it, it definitely. I definitely took chances when there was not videotaping and there was not blogging. I took chances that I would never take now. But I got to take those chances. That's the fun yeah. thing about being the comic that I've been is that I, got, I lived in the time where people got offended and all they did was stomp their foot and slam a door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, you were yeah. like, thank God, when give me another shot. Was, when they would be like, dear newspaper, I saw Bert. Like, that was the big sort of yeah. like – but now it's like I'm going on Facebook and I'm telling everybody and I'm and, tweeting about it. And you it. have to deal with those repercussions. And, a, and that's why I feel like for me, I, I will do that. I just want to deal with the repercussions I, I mean to deal with. Yes. If some racist, which I will say, white person gets offended by something I do, well, then mission accomplished. You know, like I yeah. feel like that's what I meant. But if, uh, but if a, uh, a liberal arts graduate uh, white lesbian with two black kids gets offended by what I do, then I kind of need to go, is that who I mean to offend with this? And sometimes the answer is, well, they don't see what I'm. Th- she doesn't see what I'm trying to say, so I'm gonna have to let her go. But sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I didn't. If I just done the joke like this, maybe I didn't do it right. Yeah, I mean, maybe, that, you yeah. have to have the onus on. Yeah, like sometimes it's like, yeah, you're right. I didn't. I didn't do it right because I'm a person, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so for me, it's just like I, I want the broadest audience possible. But I also the thing is, I'm not doing politically correct comedy. I'm not yeah. doing comedy where it's like, well, I just don't want to, you know. I, it's got to be really- nice to. It's got to be nice to. I mean, not. I mean, obviously. I don't know the right way to say this with the you, with the background of having to grow up being profiled and mm-hmm. and a born suspect and it, but it's the on the flip side it's got to be nice to know that you cannot be fired for something you say because <laughs> of your skin color. Yeah. <laughs> How do you mean that in, in uh... like FX can never fire you because of your skin color. <laughs> well, yeah. If I you wish... if you if you say something yeah. that the black community supports, yeah, anything yeah. but white yeah. people don't like, yeah. and Tide, I'm assuming Tide's a white company only because yeah, they're yeah. the cover yeah, of NASCAR hoods. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but if Tide is like, we're pulling our support, yeah. then in a weird way, everyone gets to say, well, that's okay. We're on the right side of history. Yeah, yeah you yeah. pull your support, but we believe in black people. Yeah. Like it's so the opposite for white people. It's like you might you may not even mean to say anything wrong, but it just is. It's like my parents are the two least racist people yeah. in the world. When the Trayvon Martin thing happened, I happened to be in Philly with them like that week and we were talking about it. And my parents, it was like so interesting to watch their opinions because mm-hmm. they were 
they're on the right side of history. They've always been on the right yeah, side yeah. of history. Never used the N-word once in their life. Yeah. They were t- it was a Paul Dean thing that went down because that's yeah. when we hung out. When, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I was in Philly, and they were talking about – and they were on – they have consistently been on the right side of history. But then I'm watching this – the waiter who's a young black kid, yeah. and I'm watching them not really pay any respect to him. Yeah. And, or, or, and almost that like he's invisible. Yeah. And I was like – and I'm watching this, and I'm seeing him – and they're having the conversation about Paula Deen in front of him. And I'm like, and they're not, ra- they're not racist yeah, yeah, at all. But I'm like, you got to calm yourself. Yeah. I never felt more of a kinship. And this is an odd story to tell because it happened yesterday. I've never felt a kinship with young black America more than I did yesterday. Because yesterday I'm at the DMV and I'm sitting and waiting. The line is forever. And this young black kid goes up. And he goes up. And it's a, it's a, a white chick behind the thing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and she's overweight, and he gives her her papers, and she says, where's your birth certificate? And he goes, I don't know. She goes, you don't know where your birth certificate is? And he's like, no. And she goes, you need to get one. And he goes, I don't even know how to get one. And she goes, if you don't have a birth, like almost like you're an idiot. And yeah. I watched this kid. I swear to God, I watched him. I watched him give up on the system. Yeah. I saw it in his eyes, and I thought to myself, I'm listening to this conversation going, how would I get? I don't even know where my fucking birth certificate is. Yeah. Like I don't even know. I don't, yeah. What would I do? I'd call my mom. <laughs> I'd be like, "Mom, I don't know how, where's yeah. my birth certificate. I've yeah. got one in your safe at your dad's yeah. office." Yeah. You know. But like, I watched this kid, and he just walked away. Like, fuck it. Yeah. I'll just drive illegally, yeah. and then I'll get arrested one day, yeah. and then I'm, I'll have weed on me because I'm yeah. young, yeah. and I'll end up in prison, yep. and I'll be a statistic simply because yes. this and woman they'll say, a, they'll say I'm a dealer because I have a certain amount, and even though I'm just holding for a friend, and, and, da, 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 yeah. And, and I thought being white is so it's it's not it's white. It's got to be it's got to be socioeconomic because I just go. Like I, that's when I realized my wife is married to an immigrant. My wife is married to me. I don't know yes. how to fucking run the system. Yeah. I'm trying to get a motorcycle license, and I'm literally helpless. Going like she put a packet for me. Yes. I went in like, thank God I married her. Yes. But I saw this kid, and I fucking was overwhelmed all day. I could not let go of the fact that he is just as helpless as me. Except this, based on the what he looks like, yes. young and black, yes. it just is like this air of arrogance of like. You don't know how to get a birth certificate? Yeah. And I felt like going, bitch, half of us don't know how to get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I no, really, yeah. still to this day, I Until go, where would you get one? It was impossible to get a birth certificate. Yeah, like how do you yeah. get, you had to call the hospital you were born at. I don't remember what hospital I was born at. And let's, yeah. and let's just say, hypothetically speaking, he is a statistic already, and he doesn't yeah. know his father, and his mom passed away, and he's raising himself, and he's trying to do right. Where the fuck would you get a birth certificate from? Yeah, yeah. Like, let's just say that. And so I was like, I felt like I wanted to grab this kid and go, Dude, let me set you up with my wife. She'll take care of this. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Like, cause, cause, Not let me help him. Let me introduce you to my wife. <laughs> we will take care of this. We will get you a birth certificate in 30 days. You need a no, fucking... And, and my point of that is, is like now that dude is walking around, maybe we're creating a profile for this dude. We're, we're Let's name a, him. Let's name him. Let's name him. What do you want to name him? I want to name him something that has got an us to it, like an Ernie. <laughs> like my favorite black name is Lavernius. Lavernius. Because I went to school with Lavernius Coles, who played oh, for the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that fucking name. And he yeah. had the, he had the fucking balls to come out on Oprah about being molested as a child. I was like, fuck oh, wow. yeah. Well, fucking- if you're going to do that, Oprah's the place to do it. Yeah. yeah. Not the- I wouldn't do it on the Steve Harvey show. No, no, not on the Steve Harvey show. Yeah, no. So that's that's a good, you know you're going to get love on Oprah for doing that. So what's this child's name? Uh, we can call him Lavernius if you want to call okay, him Okay, so Lavernius. poor Lavernius. Yeah, poor because he, like he sounds like he could be a Lavernius. Which uh, and let me, uh, by the way, let me tell you what he's wearing. And now you're allowed to wear this to the DMV, yeah. and, but I was dressed like a total white guy. I had yes. boat shoes on, khaki shorts. Which means that if you'd said, I don't have a birth certificate, she'd have been like, oh, honey, come here. Yeah, come here. Let now me get you, you to the side. Okay, now we... Da, 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 
you know what the line, this line is closed. I yeah. gotta get this white guy a birth certificate. He's in Nike house shoes with socks on, like those slide on Nikes yeah. with long like basketball shorts, and then two shirts, and then and then that string backpack you get as a goodie bag when you go to an event. Yeah, that string backpack, yeah. and he's got all these papers, and he's just like, I don't fucking know. Like, yeah, yeah, no, he, and 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 that, and now he's walking around angry. And yeah, then at some point. The watch captain of the neighborhood he lives in that he didn't know how to watch captain goes, where are you going? Some Puerto Rican dude. Yeah, where do you mean, where am I going? <laughs> you know, like, what do you mean, where am I going? Yeah. Why are you mouthing off to me? Ah! I'm looking for my fucking birth certificate. Yeah, exactly, yes. Pop, 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 and suddenly they're like, that watch captain is a hero. Do you find it racist that Skittles didn't come out in support of Trayvon Martin? That was such a funny thing that Skittles was in this position where at first a lot of black people started buying Skittles to support Trayvon, and then at some point people were like, fuck Skittles, and they started yeah. not, and I felt Skittles like, yeah. Hey, we're just, like, hey, we're, just we were, trying to, we're just trying to fuel obesity. We're not in the race game. We're not the, <laughs> Had he been gay, they would have jumped on that in a heartbeat. <laughs> they were such in a weird position. Of like, yeah, we we're the rainbow of the future. Yeah, yeah. We're, the, yeah we're the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. We don't want to. But I think the problem is, is that we, like I said, we don't have that discussion unless we're angry at each other. And you know, you brought that before about about racism can cut many different ways other than black and white. So even if. Uh, Zimmerman self-identifies as Peruvian. Peruvians can hate black people. And also, yeah. when you come to America, that's one of the first things you learn about this country. You know, I've been a, you've, I've been in the back of a cab drive. Or I've, you know, that thing where you're suddenly around like a like an Arab person or a Middle Eastern person, and they hate black people. And you're like, yeah. what are you doing hating black people? <laughs> you, yeah. you just got here. We're the Tuesday. seed. We're the seed from the fucking where you're spawned. Yeah, it's, but but because of how racism works is that when you come to America, that's one of the first things you love. We're all above black people. <laughs> like, you know, we're all... And so that kind of racism can be a part of a dude who's half Peruvian. You know, it doesn't have to be some... It's not somebody who... It doesn't just come from white people. Yeah, it it it, it is trickle-down... Yeah, trickle, trickle down, down bully economics. It's way better than trickle down economics. You got to roll out. Uh, I don't know. I'm just somebody. Just uh, I know. I'm sorry. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, we should probably. I mean, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'd like to do this again. Anytime I'm in New York, or I, I think here's what I think, and I, 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 and it's why I've been so excited to talk to you, is I think that your voice is extremely needed, and I think because I do think that you're saying you're. It's like it's like man, when you, poor Rachel Sofitel. The like, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, and and or not, it's not Sofitel, that's a hotel, Jontel, Jontel, yeah, Rachel, Rachel Jontel, yeah, like I felt so bad for her watching her interviewed on Pierce Morgan, and I fucking yeah. the lawyer next to her is like, Are you gonna shut her up at any point? Like, yeah, you gotta, like, don't yeah. let her say everything, she's not. She's not equipped to. She just simply has her point of view, yes. which is which is 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 allowed. She's allowed to have, but it's not the one that should be the spokesman for. Well, it's just she she she's been put in this position of having to suddenly be the spokesperson. Yeah. for Trayvon, and it's like that's not the job. She and she's just up dumb for. enough to realize she that might that might be why she's been put on Earth. Yeah, she's like, yeah. you got to understand our young culture, and I was like, hold on. Well, somebody's probably telling her you are the voice. Like, yeah. some black person probably saying you got to go on Piers Morgan and speak for us, and it's like everybody can't speak for everybody, right? But and but that I, doesn't make her a bad person. But I do think that in watching your show, I was like, I was like, this is a really important voice, and and I and I, and I was like, and I was like, I know I know for a fact my fans are are probably base regular dudes but a lot of white a lot of white in my yeah. my fan my fan base looks like fucking facebook white. <laughs> and so um and so uh and so i was like I, i'm dying to get you on the podcast so that you can like that that more people can watch your show and yeah. and your show sticks around and it fucking keeps having it chris rock is the most important voice i think culturally socially and comedically in my opinion and 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 i think that you're doing a lot i think you're you're 
carrying the torch in a lot of ways. Yeah. In a younger kind of way. And well, I, also, in a, I think, as he would say, in a more San Francisco way. <laughs> like, I think there's, yeah. a, there's a Bay Area. He's like, you're very... He's like, I, fig- I finally figured it out. You're from San Francisco. But you, like, there's, yeah. not a, there's not a lot of hate in you. There's no anger. There's just a lot of realization and... And just uh, and I don't know and I and I dig your show so I was like God I'm fucking dying to talk to him. Well I appreciate that. It's funny because when you first I, you tweeted about the first time I, I I knew who you were of course, but you tweeted about me or the show and you said something about like and whatever the tweet was I was like wait am, am, are we mad at each other? No, it was it was I absolutely love his new show, but I do I, I think it was something to the fact, but I don't think he'd enjoy my act at all. <laughs> and I was like I was like. Why would, and I, I think I just listened to your WTF. I'm like, and, and I think that that's the kind of profiling that conversations like this sort of end. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like, you know, the fact is, is like I, I, that we have, you know, we're dad. So we have a lot more in common than we do separate. Dude, I used to have a joke about uh, being in a park with a Mexican cholo with the tattoos all over his throat and yeah. just a gangbanger. And I'm like, oh, I saw him walking up and I was like, oh, and then I realized he had a kid just as old as Georgia. Yeah. And we were both just looking at the walrus. <laughs> yeah. And I went, oh, shit, this guy yeah. is dealing with the exact same day I am. Yeah. He didn't. It's daddy day. Yeah. He's got to take his daughter to the fucking zoo. Yeah. He's trying to burn calories for the kid. Yeah. He's trying to yeah. fucking make sure they're happy. And then me and him are laughing at the fucking walrus saying like, he's like, he goes, he kept going, look, he got a mustache like, like, uh, like that dude, Magnum P.I. And I go, Tom Sally goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're fucking just laughing. Yeah. And I'm going, that's in my head. I'm like, that's a Gary Goldman joke. And I want to tell him who, but I'm like, he won't know Gary Goldman. Yeah. And then the joke was that it was, I was like, hey man, I was like, enjoy the day with your kid. And he's like, yeah, I'll see you in the parking lot. I'll stab you out there. And that was the uh, <laughs> that was the end of the joke, but uh, but but that, which of that, course he didn't say, which he didn't say, which, of course that was yeah. Works. But uh, but that but, and that's the whole point is that and now you guys have that moment and you realize you are more like than you are separate. But the thing you can't that you can't do and he can't do is he can't you can't then tell him what it's like to be from his neighborhood, yeah. And he can't tell you what it's like to be from Florida, right? And the difference is is that for the most part that dude's never going to think to tell you what it's like to be from Florida, but and not you necessarily. But white people often find themselves in a position of telling black people what it's like to be from where they're from. Um, maybe oh, this is a this is okay. This is a conversation we should probably have. But we were high. But <laughs> do you think that white people could maybe um, uh, not tell you what it's like to had? Can can white people tell you what it's like to be racist? Like, but not like, but not really racist, but casually. Like, like yes, like that. That would be an interesting viewpoint for a white person to honestly open up and go. Yeah. Let me explain how racism. This is how we do it. This is how we do. No, this I, is how we do it. <laughs> you know, I think there's. I mean, there's a whole. It, it sounds so super intellectual, but it's something that people have to start to talk about. The whole idea of white privilege is that. Yeah, if that because I'm a white guy, if I go up to the front counter of the DMV and go, look, I don't have my ID or my birth certificate, but I need a license today, that they'd be like, we'll figure it out, sir. Because I'm going on a cruise to Cancun tomorrow, exactly. yeah, yeah. and I and I am not getting stopped in Mexico through customs. Exactly. Those people, sir, we will figure this out. Like, yeah. just, and that's white privilege. Whereas a black dude goes, I have everything except I'm missing the third photocopy of my ID, dude. You got to get out of here. Or yeah, we will call the cops. Maybe that's maybe that's what you. Maybe that's the next segment on your show is just get a white person to explain how yeah. to be racist yes but yes. how it's in like like yeah. really innocent like how your grandmother makes a peach cobbler like yeah, 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 like yeah, just yeah. oh honey it's yeah. so simple no yeah i think that's actually discussion that is starting to be had that we have to have that like white people have to accept the fact that it's not that your life is perfect because you're white because we all have our struggles and yeah and there's but because you're in the dominant culture there's things that you that you get 
that you're not even aware of. Yeah. It's like, it's as if all the doors are held open for you and you don't even think about it because they're always being held open for you. As all the other people, black people were like, these doors are so heavy. Yeah. And they're always heavy. (laughs) Jesus. Nobody's ever holding a door and you see that, that guy's door's open and they just closed it for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that, it's just, it wears on you in a, in a way more profound way than like, most black men are not going to be killed in the streets by a watch captain or a cop. However, that doesn't mean that we're not walking around thinking about it. Yeah. You know. Like, I know for a fact, and I can tell you, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, we, uh, and I, I was actually thinking about you when this happened. My buddy, Tom, um, lost his dog. And it was like fucking 1030 at night. And his wife calls me. They're, uh, I don't know. I'm an only, because I'm talking to you, I'll tell them that you they're both Vietnamese. Yeah. But they're both Vietnamese. And he was like, hey, can you help me find the dog? And I go, yeah, of course. So I got on my bike, a murdered out beach cruiser with a headlamp on. And I started just cruising the streets all over my neighborhood, just whistling. And I was like, and I started thinking, this is something a black man can't do. (laughs) No. You cannot look for a lost dog. You got to be like, we'll get it in the morning. With a light on your head? Yeah. Whistling? (laughs) Yeah. And and just sort of like, no, I'm looking for a dog. It's fine, everybody. No. Yeah. And then then I was like, it's something, you know, my two Vietnamese friends are going to have a hard time doing. We lost a dog. It's late. We're starving. (laughs) Like, so, like, so, but I I started looking for the dog. And and it's funny because. Um, people were out walking their dogs, and not one person yeah. questioned me. Yeah. And I knew that that was and, – and as a matter of fact, my energy back to them was aggressive if they sounded odd to me. Yes. And, and I was like, fuck you. I'm looking for a dog. And then as soon as I said that, they draw a picture in their head. Two little girls are home crying because there's a yeah. dog missing, and this is a dad doing his job. Yeah. Now, if you're a black yeah. man, and you've got a white wife and two beautiful white half-bite, half-black children, and yeah. you lose a dog, you got to be like, honey, that's your job. Yeah, yeah exactly. Honey. Unless you, you want to raise these kids by yourself. <laughs> exactly. Go find that dog. Go find that fucking dog. <laughs> I'm not biking around the neighborhood looking yeah. for a dog at yeah. 10 30 night. No, no, no. <laughs> And, no. and uh, yeah, so uh, it was a really interesting. I've got a, there's a guy, there's a comic I worked with, but, uh, um, and he has an even better joke about this, about losing his cl- his cat and his, the cat's name's uh, Blackie. And he had to get it finally he was in the neighborhood. And he's like, Blackie. So um, I can't remember his name. I, think, I want to say it's Richie. I, I'm, I really apologize, man. And if you're listening, but my daughter named one of her goldfish, the black one, Blackie. And both me and my wife were like, how do we stop this from happening? <laughs> how do we, how do we, we're like, just we, keep it in the house. Don't just, tell it. Don't take the, don't take the goldfish for a walk. Yeah. So, but, uh, but man, this has been really fun talking to you. I really appreciate well, it. I hope it was what you wanted it to be. Cause I yeah. certainly felt like I had the pressure was on. Cause I knew you wanted oh, to. Oh no, there's thing. no fucking pressure. It's, you know what? It was so interesting. You're the first person that didn't come in and mention how nice my man cave was. Oh, <laughs> That's funny. Well, I just you're, you're, there's a lot of things that happen in this podcast that don't normally happen. Normally, like normally for and, yeah. and I only say for anyone that um, that maybe I don't know very well, yeah. I always walk them through um, through the driveway because I don't want to deal with Pris. Yeah, because Priscilla can be a pain in the ass and let and like. She did. I had a couple bad experiences where, like, she felt weird about Ari. She felt weird about Duncan, and I was like, and Joey, I think, bit her one time. Bit no, she bit Joey or something. And so, like, for Marin, I walked him around the side. For like a lot of the people, a lot of people, I walk him around the side, and I was like, I'm definitely gonna do that because I don't. 
I don't yeah. know what how, I've no, yeah, 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 yeah. and no, so yeah. and and but then you walk back and yeah, Pris is right through your house like Pris is sniffing you like like yeah, yeah. I like this guy yeah. and then you walk back you're like in this room and I was like you mean the man cave yeah <laughs> well it's funny I was just listened to you and Jimmy Schubert talk so I heard him compliment the man cave so I'm just sort of like oh, yeah it's funny so I I hope I didn't offend the, you no 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 but it was a really I'm looking at your no I I I used to have bicentennial my mom had bicentennial nigger that's funny you won't say it but it's on your wall. <laughs> Well, there you have it, folks. That's how we should end the podcast. Yeah. That was the best fucking joke. Ow! Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.